All right, uh, clap sync in three, two, one. Perfect. All right. I still think we need to do the iCarly countdown. You think so? Three, I still don't know what that is. One, let's go. Oh my god, there's... It wow. is the end of an era. Yeah. In Tyranny of Thumbs history. Yeah. It is. I, I feel the peace of having saved the galaxy, you know? Like that just sort of serenity in your soul that means it's over, you know? The cycle does not continue. Um, I'm feeling that crippling hole of depression that is felt after you finish a game franchise and there's nothing left. I mean, there's Andromeda, but we never talk about Andromeda. <laughs> Dude, what if Andromeda is secretly amazing? You know, like I've only heard negative things on the internet. I about almost it. spit out my beard. Don't kid me. <laughs> no, I'm just saying like, what if there's like some great, I, I know we've all seen the videos of the glitches that have the T posing and the, I know, I agree. But you know. A guy I talked to the other week said that it was one of his favorites. Damn. Hmm. So. Interesting. Like Mass Effect 1, and then Andromeda, and then Mass Effect 2, <laughs> and then Mass Effect 3. Damn. Uh, Dude, speaking of, order. can we get people's so. fucking tier lists of Mass Effect games right now? Just off the cuff. Off the I think we should cuff. say that for the end, no? Yeah, oh, I, and I think we should actually break it down by more than just ranking the games, but like different aspects of the games like characters okay. and planets okay. and things like that okay so matt you'll have to fucking lead that shit at the end if you've got a fucking vision and we'll all just like follow you um okay cool hell Sounds yeah good okay but before we get into that i actually think we should really seriously start with the citadel dlc or maybe all the dlcs or any of the dlcs people want to talk about because that's the thing that in theory you know could have happened at any point in time during your playthrough right before you got to the end probably makes more sense before you get to the end Let's start with the Citadel's DLC. Matt, you never played that before, despite being a Mass Effect junkie. What did you think of that? It was... I, I want to keep exploring it, because I, I feel like I just missed so many... The, the best part of it seems to be all the voice lines you get during, like, the party and stuff. Yeah. Oh, just yeah. so many, like, inside jokes. Like, they just stopped taking the game seriously in a way that yeah. I feel like is such a celebration of the franchise you know yeah and i really wonder yeah. like what what pairings you can get with all the like i feel like i probably only saw 30 percent of the dialogue that they recorded for that you know yeah yeah and it was really like, funny so that'd be interesting to go to like go back and invite different people and things like that did you not like, invite all to your party i did invite all but that's what May, I'm thinking maybe if you don't invite certain people, then the voice lines might change because like their interactions. For example, if you don't invite James, Mass Effect Sorry, James, James, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, does the whole biotic versus like muscles debate come up? You know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a so good that's point. That's a super fair question, and like. So I, I wonder, like, if if that gets replaced with something else, then. Plus, I guess there is room now that you think about it for lines of like, why didn't you invite this guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for not inviting Miranda. She would have just brought this mood down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, my Dude. Miranda was already dead, so. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you couldn't yeah, get distracted. You couldn't afford to get distracted, Matt. That's com commendable. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. That was worth it from your end i would say and and speaking of i will just slightly jump forward before we continue with this deal citadel dlc but speaking of people that are already dead um 
Jack for me appeared in the final sequence to be immediately headshotted without a single second thought by me. <laughs> and I didn't even realize it was Jack until fucking like Zoe and Gabe were like, wow, was that Jack? And I was like, who? You mean another ninja? And they're like, no, dude, there's a main story character that you just murdered. It's like, what? So anyways, that's like, so apparently, you know, Miranda can die if you do a dialogue option. Jack just dies for me for some reason. I just shoot her in the face and she's like worse than a basic enemy. So, you know, it's we out here. It's the third game. You know, they're, they're closing story ends in any way. But dude, OK, does anybody remember like the moment in the Citadel DLC where they realize like, wait, this is troll as fuck. Like because their lines early on are like. They're not taking it seriously, but you think they're just being, like, fucking cavalier, but then it becomes just a fucking joke. Like, it's just a joke, like, the whole yeah. way through. With, like, right. the clone, and, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it, like, starts out, like, so I have to try to commend the writers a little bit, because they had to write this clearly fan service DLC in a storyline where, like, timing is imminent. So they try to, like, roughly write it in as, like, you need to take shore leave. You need to take a break. Why don't you take a break? You know, they're like the fucking Wii uh, notification that pops up if you play 20 <laughs> minutes too soon where it's like, why not take a break? <laughs> How about you go outside, you fucking loser? <laughs> exactly. Um, that's kind of like you get, like, five emails that just talk about taking a break on the Citadel. So you go there and... I don't know. I to me, it I knew it was a little bit trolly when, at least for me, because I'm romancing Garrus as Fem Shep. Like I'm fighting through, and then suddenly Garrus patches himself over, and he's like, "Luckily for you, your boyfriend's Archangel, and I've got your back." And I was like, "Wait, what? <laughs> like this never uh. happens in combat? Like what's heck, what's going on right now?" Dude, and um, looking back on it, I don't think I would have known at the time, but looking back on it, I remember when you enter the sushi place and there's like someone in an Alliance uniform that's like trying to get in and he like signals and then the bouncer like click clotheslines that dude, like get the fuck out of here. And you're just like, <laughs> whoa, that was kind of not normal. All right, moving on. Like, <laughs> Right, the character of, uh, I forget the character's name, the the girl who double crosses you. Um, Rooks? Brooks, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. The character of Brooks just seems so trolly to me as well because she just like comes across as this like goof who's just bumbling and comedic relief. And at that point in the game, like having a character of that comedic relief just did not exist. Yeah, she's a fucking train wreck. Like she just, everything about her is a train wreck. And then eventually, like immediately, not even eventually, it's like somewhat early on, she takes too much Metagel and just starts like spouting fucking like drug riddled fucking lines at you. And you're just like, oh yeah. What the fuck, dude. But like, at first I was confused, but I like was confused with the smile. And then the more I like sunk into it, I was like, okay, no, 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 no. This is like such a good fan service thing. Like I feel like, I feel like in many ways, this is for anyone who's played all these games, right? And I really felt that when it hits its, what I would say it's crescendo, which is where the two shepherds are looking at each other and they're like, one, you are trapped right in this force field. And then finally, like the conversation ends, you do all your fucking paragon lines, they don't do anything. And then just the person's like, I should go. And you just sit there and it's like this powerful moment of like, oh fuck, we lost. And then your main character, Shepard, just says, I should go. Do I sound like that? And the people you bring with you were like, yeah, you honestly, yeah. And like, what? 
I, yeah. <laughs> I, I should go. No, no, no. I should go. Like trying to find the inflection like in it. It's just, it's so funny. And then like, dude, like there's so many great lines that like play off depending on who you bring. Like, um, like Rex, obviously I didn't have in my playthrough, but I, we like later streamed this to James so he could get the DLC experience by we, I mean Zoe's playthrough streamed to James. Rex is alive in there details. Okay. But the point is Rex is like, I honestly just thought that was a human phrase that people just said. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is awesome. Like, that stuff is just quality. And you're, like, it just brings a smile to your face and you realize, like, okay, this is worth it. Like, you, you've, you're you kind of in the memes. And it's so funny because, like, I feel like so many memes have gone around. Uh, you know, Gabe is literally the harbinger of memes. You know, he just has, like, yeah. so many at the ready. And I feel like this game itself is kind of memeing too. Like, I feel like it's all, it all just fits. Like memes like fit with this game. Oh yeah. Bioware definitely steered into the memes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've yeah. got a right. lot, right Gabe? <laughs> they have the whole like hammerhead versus Mako thing of like, what's a Mako? And it's like, you don't want to know. <laughs> or I don't know. Like I, I, the one part that I found was just funny is, when like it also kind of brings to attention all of the things that players like kind of wish would like happen on camera so like they're like you must select your squad but you can only bring two people with you and so you select your two and then a cutscene happens where the people not picked are like i was hoping i'd come along uh, uh. Yeah. and then like Caden says something like oh, not picked once again, like, I don't for me, it's just so, it's such a testament because Caden never gets picked for me. And just hearing him like confirm that being like, oh, passed over once again. I'm like, yep, you bet your ass. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> yeah. And then they show you, by the way, they do this like kind of like, okay, fine assholes move from the developers. Like, here's what it would look like if you did take your whole squad. And the best they can do in this engine is like pinning your entire crew just like up in the rafters in a single spot. <laughs> like shooting. You know what I mean? Like they can't do any more like AI or anything else. They just, they just can't. And so they're just like, fine, they're all here. You like it. And it does lead to one beautiful firing squad moment where they all come around the corner. Up, or it's like, you know, above this ledge and you're just like, they're shooting down below and you're just like, yes, oh. My squad. My squad. <laughs> there they are. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Right. It's... And they, like, make fun of Mass Effect 1 stuff. You know, like, you're in the elevator and Garrus is just like, so should we all talk about our backstories or something? You know, I personally liked our elevator chats. Does nobody miss our elevator chats? And everyone just looks at him and is just like, no. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude, I love that shit. Like, that was I... great. So I brought Caden with me, which is like basically like the sin of this game, apparently. Um, but like, I actually really like bringing Caden with me because he was one of the, I thought the best written in this DLC because everyone else is fucking troll as everyone else is troll. And he just takes it straight serious the whole time. And it's hilarious. <laughs> it is hilarious because he's constantly concerned and like kind of questioning like why you guys are not taking it seriously. Like, commander like there's a mission going on like focus and then everyone else is just like cracking jokes and lines and like so it, it turns out when i was watching the second time through like someone one of your crew no matter what is going to say when you're trapped in that little like uh pod like oh we're running out of air right but i think it actually like is best said by Caden 
because everyone else, it's like, okay, like Garrus was joking around the whole time and now he's concerned. But like Caden was not joking around the whole time. And so he's freaking out in that pod being like, dude, we're going to fucking die. And you're like, I should go. Like the whole time. You just cannot let it go. And Caden is just like, dude, we're fucking dying. Like focus. What the fuck? It's beautiful. It's brilliant. So dude, like honest, honestly, like I'm just glad. Like I, I think it's, it's cool. And I even think about you specifically, Matt, in the sense of like, you know, you've played these games so many times, but like, I feel like you've got to be glad that you got this little bit extra of Mass Effect this time around. Like, I feel like it, it fits nicely and is, is, is a fun little extra gem that, you know, is worth it. Definitely. Yeah. That That's why I made sure I have a save so I can go back and, uh, and like go around the, the strip again and like go to the casino and the, arcade and then throw another party yeah yeah you know, just make sure i have it dude you have to so i think in contrast to this and you guys can feel free to talk more about citadel if you have more things dlc if you have more to say but like in contrast to this did anyone else play omega this week also or at any time ever when they want to talk about it because i would say the contrast point is omega is like more of the game in a way that is like all right but it's okay. It's kind of cool, right? It's from, just more. Yeah, from what I understand, retaking Omega was originally supposed to be part of the main storyline. Uh, but it just got cut for time because EA really wanted to, you know, pump out this game as quickly as possible. So it was a, an original story plot to the game. And it really felt that way, I thought. Yeah. Of like, yeah. oh, it makes sense that you're about to fight the Reapers you're going to want to get the alliance of all of these mercenary gangs. And the one person you can do that with is with Arya. Um, and I thought it was a cool DLC. It, it was yeah. it was fine. It, it's your, just, just your typical, you know, fighting through waves of enemies, big boss at the end. But I don't know. For me, I thought it was cool because it finally showed me a female Turian, which, you know, I, <laughs> true, which true. I kind of knew... Like, they, they had to ex- have existed because Garrus talks about them, but, like, you never see them around. So so finally seeing a female Turian in action, I was just like, okay, this is, this is more believable now. I get that. You literally turn to her and you're like, mm. I could take her. <laughs> <laughs> if I had to. For my boy Garrus. Okay, fair enough. Right. Yeah, for the Omega DLC, I really wish they had leaned more into the, like, the horror part of it. Because that seemed like it was going to be really entertaining. Mm-hmm. and like when you're walking around underneath omega in the like total darkness yeah. and it's just playing some like eerie music and you're like oh shit and they're like telling around you any words corner. about yeah. how it's gonna be you know yeah they like built up these like weird creatures called agents or adjuncts i can't Ad- remember adjutants or something adjutants yeah. yeah something like that yeah um that are supposedly these like weird like reaper abomination creatures that cerberus created and we're going to use them to control and, like, attack Omega. But I guess they lost control of them. So then they were just, like, running amok down wherever they were. So they, like, kind of built this up. And, like, Nyreen, the, the female Turian, this was like, oh, my God. Like, you know, I fear no man. But those things, <laughs> those yeah. things scare me. Oh, God. It just, but to me, though, I feel like it led to so much more of just video game moments 
where it's like people are sacrificing themselves because there's like a wave of those, right? Like, we'll never survive. Like, quick. And then like people, you know, like the, the main, one of the main characters you meet in this, like sacrifices yourself right before your eyes. And I'm like, oh, actually though, I'm just going to let you know, like five of those things is not a threat to me. Yeah. And I hard. So I just want you to know, like they're not scary. Well, that's the thing too. It's like they built up the suspense. <laughs> then once one finally like jumps at you after you turn on the power. Yeah. It's just like some weird squid thing. And you're like, okay. Yeah. Not even that. Yeah. It's just the fact that they, they build it up as if like taking down one of these is going to be so hard. However, as of the game, we're going to throw three of them at you at a time, and you're going to easily be able to take them down, and that's yeah. okay. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I kind of wish they had made it more terrifying. Yeah. And like, yeah, left. They should have not turned the power on, just like left it in the dark, and then have them just like chase you around. Yeah, yeah. Like, do the scariest thing in this awesome. game are the banshees. True. Yeah. yeah. But I, but that is true. A, so I only say this because I, I I'm playing this at the same time as I'm playing Last of Us. But like in Last of Us, there are these type of zombies called stalkers, which yep. all they do is they just kind of follow behind you in the shadows. And then like when you least expect it, they jump out at you. So that's what I was kind of expecting these yeah. monsters to be like, you know, these kind of, you know, stealth monsters that will just jump you by surprise, but it just kind of ended up being another monster that just charges headlong into you, which is yeah. a little yeah. disappointing. Yeah. But, but like, Matt, how many times in this series playing it again have, at least I've noticed the, this time through being like, there's so many uh, instances where they flirt with a horror game, but I feel like they never fully commit to it in a way that I think actually would have really served them. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, you get. Yeah, so I, I'm spoiler. not even a big fan of horror games, and I was like, "Oh, dude, this is gonna be so good." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, in fact, it's like that's kind of like I feel like that's kind of like their style. Like Mass Effect just takes other styles of games and then shoves it in for a mission for variety, and it's never quite as deep as the other game. But it's like sometimes cool to see it in Mass Effect. Like I feel that way about the Citadel C, where it's like it's kind of an Ocean's Eleven esque style thing mixed with a James Bond mission like in the middle yeah. of your mass yeah. effect well, i feel like the different dlcs kind of have like themes around them where it's like you know the the citadel dlc was like just fanfare um like nod wink to the players just supposed to be like a happy fun time um and then where's the like, the omega dlc definitely seemed like darker because it had like the yeah. the adjutants it had you know a character sacrificing themselves it had you know just the people of Omega being pressed by uh, yeah. by Cerberus. And Arya, And it has... Too. Yeah, I mean, you already kind of know Arya, though, from Mass Effect 2. Right. And it is kind of like choosing... I mean, you don't really choose because you help Arya take it back. But it is like kind of the lesser of two evils. Mm-hmm. And especially at the end when you get up to um, the Cerberus leader there. I can't remember his name. but yeah. Something Russian. Chess something man. Russian. <laughs> Um, <laughs> he plays chess. He yeah. speaks in a Shit. Russian no. accent. <laughs> Something like that. But yep. when yep. you finally get to him and he's just like, Commander Shepard, I like surrender myself into your custody. Like, you know, I have yep. high level intelligence on Cerberus and I'm willing to exchange uh, for my freedom. And Arya's just like, nope. And just starts slowly murdering him. Yeah. And you that can actually intervene. That didn't happen but- in mine. Really? Well, yeah, I'm sure yeah. you intervened, you guy. No, I, I don't even <laughs> think I intervened. I think, oh, maybe I did. I don't know. I, I was going to say, yeah, I, I, 
I intervened, and as a result, he was taken as a prisoner of war. Oh, you us. cowards! <laughs> but he, he he sent me his chess set to be in my yeah. uh, captain's quarters. Oh, cool! So I had I mean, that to look at. I got his chess set too. Yeah, I just <laughs> I watched him die. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I actually McCoy. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, G- Gabe's chess set has blood all over it. True. Oh, true. It's filthy. Oh, really? Yeah. Damn. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> what if it did though like honestly That'd but i actually awesome. think like okay i know like the chess master like um you know military guy is maybe like a trope at this point but actually like i think it's a really cool like concept i, I especially think it's super cool when he's like you beat me you know like congratulations good game like that's the way he sees obviously he's playing chess right but that's also the way he sees the military like endeavor too like it's all just wrapped into like he's trying to make moves and he's just a tactician, but he respects that you're making moves too. And he's like, "Great job!" And then Ari is just like, "Fucking dead, bro! Shut the fuck up!" <laughs> he, remi- he reminds me of like a, <laughs> of like a separatist general in Star Wars. Like he would fit yep. that role so well. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, definitely. The thing was like. We we talked about the horror element of this DLC, and the thing is, I know that the game developers are capable of it because I thought one DLC that they did good with like a semi horrible or horrible uh, horror slash unsettling element was in the um, Overlord DLC. Oh. Overlord. Mm -hmm. I I think in Overlord, they did a good job of that, of like this whole rogue AI. And as you're getting closer to the source, things get creepier and creepier. Yep. Um, I thought that they did a really great job with that. And yeah, it just... It didn't really work well in Omega, so it was yeah. just a little disappointing. I'll say even they did a really good horror part um, in part of the Leviathan DLC. Um, the f- yeah. the first part where you go to meet uh, Doctor Bryson and the Leviathan like takes control of his assistant and kills him. It's like oh shit, that's kind of spooky. But then when you leave to go to like right. that uh, like asteroid mining facility and you get there oh, and yeah. all of like the the crew there are mind controlled and just like kind of uh, just like blank. Like you um, should leave. Yeah. You shouldn't be yeah. here. Yeah. There's like, hello. You're like, what can I we should do go. For and you? they're like, you should go. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, God. <laughs> but like that part's kind of like unnerving. You're like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck, man? But then when you finally find the guy you're looking for and he's just like normal, kind of like, I'm him. Like, what are you, why are you looking for me? And then you're like, I'm trying to find like this Leviathan creature. And then all of a sudden, like the camera just zooms in on his face. Like he pounds against the glass and then just in like the deep voice is just like, (laughs) why are you searching for me? (laughs) (laughs) That was actually sick. That Please hire sick. Gabe for voiceover work. Ooh, <laughs> thank you, sick. Dude, Gabe, by the way, just this is a little bit of a dude. I can't wait to stuff. listen back to that part and just cringe. Sorry, go ahead. Dude, no, yeah, but like, oh, no, it was great. It was it was quality. But the thing is, like, dude, someone said to me, and I forget who it was, um, but they were like, I was talking about different podcast members, and they and I mentioned Gabe, and they were like, "Is that the guy with the good voice?" And I was like, "Okay." mad triggered but like yes like i have a good voice voice. too but thank you (laughs) but i do know exactly who they were talking about you know what i mean it's not subtle it's not like who were they talking about (laughs) you know it could be james yeah absolutely (laughs) thank Um, you we have pretty similar voices um but yeah 
dude, like, okay, so they've definitely tried it and they've succeeded in moments, but I always feel like it's just, I feel like it's kind of, maybe it's this engine or something, you know, they're just not quite capable of like really doing it. Um, I think it's also just not like the overall tone of the game that they want. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think you described it well where they kind of like dip their toes into different like genres or like themes or <laughs> vibes. Mm-hmm. But it, I, I think it was ultimately meant to be just like a kind of like, you know, space adventure, not necessarily like a darker space game, kind of like Dead Space or something uh, similar. Right. right. It's just meant to be like, you know, yeah, going through the stars, saving people, making difficult choices. Yeah. And I, I will say, you know, I think maybe they could have gone a little deeper in certain sections. I personally would have been okay with that. But I think there's something to be said for the the tone of this game and how it's, um, you know, like during this section of months, right, there have definitely been weeks or days for me where I've been exhausted from work and from life and from other things. And I don't really feel a massive hurdle from playing Mass Effect at the end of that because I'm like, I understand that this game is going to not go that hard, except for in very specific spots, maybe where a character you really love dies or something like that. But other than that, it keeps like a light, more fun kind of tone to it, especially if you dip into the memes in your own mind and you're kind of lightly making fun of it and you're like not taking it quite as seriously. Like it has such an ability to be played kind of like casually and just to enjoy it. And I think that's super cool. Um, Yeah, I think... Am I wrong in in remembering that I think Mass Effect 3 even has, like, a story mode? Where I think it cuts out, like, most, if not all, of, like, the combat action. And you're just, like, going through the story and making choices. I don't know. Really? I don't... I, I... I don't think so because I think I'm on the lowest difficulty setting, which is just casual. Okay. Um, where it's just like minimal combat or just easy combat, but mainly story driven. Oh, sorry. No. Okay. So I just looked it up and it says Mass Effect 3 has three preset campaign modes action, story, and RPG. In action mode, conversations have automatic replies and normal combat difficulty. In story mode, Conversations what? have manual replies and minimal combat difficulty. Wait, I'm sorry. Automatic replies for story? And in RPG I... mode, conversations what? have manual replies and normal. Okay, yeah. I did Whoa. see that setting the other day where when I was about to play the Citadel DLC for James, I was looking at my settings as I was turning on subtitles, and there was one that was like, choose my dialogue options for me. And I was like, what? Whoa. <laughs> Holy <laughs> fuck, dude. Uh, I'm just playing this for the action. Exactly. Oh, I, I can't remember. I, mean, I would be curious to maybe do, yeah, like, right? if the game wasn't so time-consuming, I'd be curious to do one of just choose the answers for me, because if they just choose, like, the neutral option every time, then I'd just be sorely disappointed, but, like, yeah. I don't know. I'd be interested I wanted to, to like, the... randomly select among all of them and be like, ooh. Occasionally, yeah, just, just renegades. The, you're like, what the, the dice. fuck? Yeah, that'd be cool if it's like a random selector and you're just like going through and like, what's the game going to choose? And you're like, oh, shit. Dude, Shepard would seem so crazy yeah. then. Like, so, like, not inconsistent, you know? Just like, so. I was going like... to say, like, the romance options would be so hot and cold. It'd be like, I love you, Shepard. I love you, too. I love I you, Shepard. Get the fuck away from me. <laughs> I should go. Yeah, 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 yeah. God damn. Oh, my Whoa. God. 
Okay, okay, okay. It is bizarre and and almost perplexing and kind of amazing to even consider what this game would be like with auto dialogue, but I could see someone enjoying this game with auto combat. Like I could see that. Um if you were playing, I don't know why like a kid would play it. It doesn't really make sense. But like, you know, if someone was just like, "Dude, fuck it, I just want the story and I still want to make the choices." Like, I could totally I mean, see that. Okay, so at certain points in this game, I would have preferred it with auto combat, mm-hmm. personally, where I was just like, these fucking, these enemies suck. Fuck this game. <laughs> fucking banshees. Fucking banshees. That's what <laughs> yeah. James was having yes. a rough time Facts. at the ending. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we did some streaming back and forth in this game just because you want to share in the experience and, and all that. And, and one of and James's like, quotes maybe was, I just banshees. Maybe I just suck. But also, goddamn. No, I don't think it's okay. It's okay, James. Nobody likes that the banshees. That ending actually was pretty, definitely like the hardest part of the game, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's like they give you three banshees to fight at once, and it's just like, what the fuck? Yeah. So I no think I think we're this. getting there. Yeah. So are, are run we, are away we... like a bitch simulator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are we are we done with like the DLC? Can we maybe get into like the ending of this game? I know we started with priority Cerberus base. You yeah. know. I would just say like base. you know obviously we don't have to be perfectly linear, but I would say if anyone has anything else, any random combat gripes, UI, like anything else that just comes to mind, now's a perfect chance to throw in anything else. Um, you can obviously throw it in later if you remember, no big deal. But I'm just saying, like, you know, here's a great spot if anyone has. My gripe uh, is that Mass Effect I mean, 3 doesn't feature enough of the elusive man. Oh, I so agree with you. I so agree with you. They did him so dirty this game, bro. He was the Jacob of this game. Dude, ow. Right, come on, man. That's dude, a little Jacob, hard. Jacob, Jacob was the Jacob of of this game yeah jacob continues to be but like dude no like okay so that 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 goes to what zoe was saying which is the assault on the cerberus base but like dude the elusive man in this game sucks like i i i they were doing such a good job in two of trying to create moral and like ethical like gray areas with the elusive man you're working with cerberus to get the ultimate goal done but sometimes they don't do it in the way that is the paragon option that most people are playing but still they're getting results undoubtedly and at the end of the day the consequences are so grave that if you paragon your way all the way into not quite making it there and the galaxy is destroyed what was the purpose right they're trying to create that and it's so cool in a decision-based game and especially in a game in time at a time in the industry but also in you know maybe even my life right when it first came out where it just felt so clear you're paragon the whole way because i'm a good dude and i'm gonna be a good dude in the game and i want to see good results but they're trying to challenge that a little bit which i didn't expect and they do that really i think really well into like with the elusive man you're working for him but you can choose to rebel against him you can choose to support him you can choose to be unsure and you're trying to figure it out in this game Cerberus is just an enemy, and the elusive man goes from being an incredibly powerful figure to instantly capitulating to the story and to the Reapers. Just the the, the first time you ever see any weakness in the elusive man, he's like, I can't fucking take this, oh my god, and he's just done. Like, the story has decided his character is not useful anymore, and he's dead now. And it's, it's sad. Yeah. So, one question I had is, at the end of Mass Effect 2... There's a 
a choice of whether or not to send the collector data to Cerberus or not. Does that have yeah. any impact in this story? Because I chose not to. Oh my share sweet the data. summer child. Oh, what what happened? <laughs> like, yeah, can please, you enlighten me with what happens? <laughs> there's no difference. <laughs> oh, no. oh really? There's well, none. no. There technically is a difference. You just get different war assets. Oh, that's so really, sad. Really, that's all it was. Yeah, it's down like to. Interesting. I, I can't remember. I think it's if you keep the base, you get the Reaper brain asset. But if you destroy the base, you get the Reaper heart. Okay, that's a bigger conversation. Gabe, what do war assets even do? I got a ton of them and I had a good ending. The end? So, this is something I talked about with Zoe too. Um, when the game first came out, it was. You had to build up your war resources, which you still do, um, okay. and that just basically increases your chance of getting a good ending. Okay. Um, and what it used to be is that it used to be you would have a higher requirement, so you had to get a higher threshold of items. Um, Are and you then, referring to war assets in the war room with that green bar that says readiness? Yeah. Is that what you're referring to? Okay. Yeah, so it used to be you had to get a lot more of them. Um, but then also you had to play the multiplayer or the like companion app nonsense. And that would increase your galactic readiness rating, which gave you a higher, uh, basically return on those assets. Like oh, a multiplier, like a multiplier or something. Or something. Whoa. It, well, it's basically just like it. So when you start the game, you're at 50%. And since we didn't play any of the multiplayer or do any of that uh, other nonsense, our readiness rating just stayed at 50%. So that means that of all the war assets we got, we actually only got like 50% of what we mm. actually got. Mm. So like if your rating was 4,000, you actually only had a rating of 2,000 because of the galactic readiness. Okay, wait. So am I understanding this? Because I'm trying to think of like how this could be a positive, right? Like it sounds like some nonsense, but like is it possible that their goal was something like you can play hours in this game in single player or in multiplayer, and they both count towards your readiness. So you could theoretically play more multiplayer, but less single player side missions and still have a good ending. Like, in other words, that's still helping. Is that kind of their dream here? I guess. Honestly, I can't really say. Um, I guess it's like, yeah, how much time you wanted to invest into this game, and like how much extra you wanted to do. If you wanted to feel like you were sending out uh, for instance, if you're using the the external apps, if you wanted to feel like you were sending like strike teams to complete missions in sectors of the galaxy, or if you wanted to play multiplayer and feel like you were part of that actual team that was being sent, because that's essentially what the multiplayer was, was you would choose a, it's actually kind of cool, is they had a whole selection of um, races and classes that you could play. So you could be like, a human adept or like a Krogan uh, sentinel or like a geth infiltrator. Um, and you and I think three other people, I think it was four player would go and just do a mission on like one of the maps that were the like side missions that you would do in the campaign, but you would just do a multi uh, like a, a multitude of little objectives, like capture a point or upload some data or kill a VIP Wait, 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 sorry. When you say multiplayer, is this PvP? No, or? it's it's PvE. So it's oh. a, a co-op of four people 
fighting waves of enemies, but instead of just like defeat like 50 waves of enemies and you win, it's like ever coming enemies and you have to complete these objectives and then uh, extract out. Oh, wow. I did not. Huh. I will say it was actually a lot of fun playing it back in the day when the, the game first came out. I did not agree with how you had to essentially play that to get like the best ending back when the endings were very bad either way. Um, but we can get into that later. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I didn't like that you had to essentially play it if you wanted the best possible ending, but I will say it, in my opinion, the multiplayer was actually fun. I hope that if they do end up making a Mass Effect 4, they make it so the main character, you can choose what race you can be. Mm. Kind of like in the multiplayer oh. for this one. That'd be awesome. Mm, that would Mass be Effect cool. 4 is already out. Ooh. Controversial. No, it's not. Controversial. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe in my heart that there is no Mass Effect 4 coming. Which know. is we'll not a that. happy That's belief wrong, necessarily. Krabs. <laughs> but uh James, yeah. where there's money, there's a way. Yeah, but but also, and we'll get into it, they they really yeah, did. Yeah, but EA something. kills all good things. But also Bioware killed this in a way that impacts the story. Like they 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 did the work to make sure EA couldn't come back with a quick turnaround Mass Effect 4 with the end of this game, right? They really wanted to be like, here's a final, here's a finality. Right, to this game. Yeah. And I think that's actually, like, a fucking cool thing. Like, in the age of fucking every game is a nine, and they're, like, sitting there, and literally people are in boardrooms, and they're like, do we call it Mortal Kombat just period? Like, it's a reboot because we don't want to say 11? Because people can't really read. Is the next Halo just called Halo? It's called Halo Infinite, right? And it's it's the Halo. And it's like, we're in this era this era of um live games that stay alive forever so it's just they might as well call it rainbow six they might as well call it counter-strike because yeah they're just going to keep updating that thing um and that's all well and good but here they were like dude hey like this is over we are giving the payoff to the fans here we are not gonna give them a little hook you know at the end to like make sure that they come back for the next episode like we're gonna we're gonna do it and i i really respect that like but it does make it kind of awkward for a Mass Effect 4, and that's why Andromeda, I guess, is a prequel, right? That's why they had to kind of go backwards. Um, hmm? I don't think it's a prequel. Isn't it? I thought it was. Is it? No, I think it's a distant future. Distant future, but just Wait, which? in a different another place. Cycle. Is it a different cycle? Wait, are we talking about Andromeda? Yeah, Andromeda. Yeah. Andromeda. Uh, it's, I think it's technically a prequel. Really? It, I didn't even know that. It's... Oh. It's weird. It's a whole thing where you're. It takes place before the Reaper invasion, but you're a like expedition force that's going to another whole galaxy. So everyone goes into cryo for like six hundred years. Oh, okay. So, so it starts left... before, and then I think takes place after. After, I oh, think. Weird. maybe yeah, that's possible. Well, we will eventually get there and play it. Um, but you can see they had to do backflips in order to like fit in. But like that's because they wanted to make this game count, you know? And I actually think on a lot of levels, keep in mind, the I, I've said this on the fucking Last of Us podcast, and I'll say it on this podcast. Like the immediate comparison point for me right now, because I'm playing these two games in parallel, is Last of Us. 
And the original Last of Us came out one year after Mass Effect 3. And if you look at these two games from a technical standpoint next to each other, it's not even close. But what I mean by that is they're dealing with the same, almost the same engine as Mass Effect 1. It, there's like a tech debt element to it. Um, and so they were kind of looking like, do we need to finish this series? Like we can't do a four without reinventing the engine. But they were like, I think we can pull off three of them in a row or I guess two after this one on the same engine and we can finish the story, <laughs> finish the fight if you would. Like, you know, th like we can do this, but we can't really go further because our engine's really starting to show its age and it can't do nearly as much as we'd like it to do, but we can get to the end of this story. You know, it really feels like this game is like the last hurrah of this engine. And they, if they're gonna do a four, which they could now, but they, could, they couldn't at the time, they'd have to completely redo it, it felt like, to modernize it. Did anyone else get that sense? Because like mm. the games that are um, coming out at this time are so much better graphically or engine-wise, technologically. That doesn't mean they're better games, but it just means that like the well, industry yeah. is I moving mean, like, on. They, yeah, they went with the, the infrastructure is different. Yeah, and and you can clearly see that Bioware and EA went with the if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. Like why sink tons of money into developing a new engine or switching to a new engine? when you can just use the same engine that you've been using and you can just like, you know, throw on a new coat of paint. Yeah. Just break right. the quest system and then just move on. <laughs> exactly. Well, you got to appease gamers. <laughs> no, totally. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm not saying, I, I think it's a great decision, but I feel like they were up against the wall a little bit. Like they yeah. couldn't choose to do like three more. Right. Yeah. And I mean, you can, mm. that's also another uh, talking point about Andromeda is you can see that's, you can see then EA, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, EA has decided to, I, I, I think they're still doing this, but they've decided to switch to one game engine for all their games, and that's Frostbite, which is what oh. Battlefield championed and ran on, and still does run on. Oh. Um, so that and by was, the way, it's beautiful, and it sounds amazing. Yeah, so it like visual fidelity is incredible. Yep. Um, however... It was the engine was made and designed around Battlefield. Yes, yes. So when you start implementing game mechanics from other games that weren't designed in Battlefield or for Battlefield, yeah, you run into issues. So that's part of the reason why Andromeda was such a glitchy mess. Is that mm. the team basically had to develop from the ground up tools in the Frostbite engine. Interesting. So and that they that's could have things in and drama like there for instance there uh, wasn't even like a third person camera because wow. <laughs> you Which never needed it or had it in battlefield but like you know keep in mind those engines you can download for free like unity and unreal engine 4 they both have a third person camera you know that's standard yeah. shit yeah i mean that's why they used uh unreal because it's like it, it's very versatile yeah yeah so then interesting that makes sense that is actually if you really take that to its um, nth degree or you just follow it I guess logically that is another way that EA kind of fucked this game yeah unfortunately yep I, I listen if you were had me in a boardroom and you said hey guys we're trying to cut costs and well here's what we want to do we have a bunch of different game development studios and they all work on their own engine and each one exists like this 20 programmers for the game two for the engine but they all have different engines what if we took all two of those 
engine programmers, put them in a team, had them all work together, gave them a ton of resources, made one amazing engine, and then that engine supported all of our games. That would be way more efficient from a cost perspective. Like, okay, I'm listening. And it would make a better engine. It would make a better engine. They would have a lot more support. It would have a lot more resources. The team would be stronger. The support would be stronger. Okay, this is interesting to me. Okay, we're going to pick Frostbite, the best looking game we have by far. And it's not just looking, it's performing. Especially on PC, it runs like a fucking dream, dude. Like, it runs so well compared to these games that are so janky. Okay, we're going to go with that one. Like, this all makes sense to me. But the unfortunate reality is what Gabe laid out is what we've seen is that the, the tech couldn't pivot this hard this fast. Um, so they, they really got penalized mm. for that. But I actually don't think that's a terrible idea. Like people can make fun of EA for their decisions all day long, but that doesn't seem like a terrible call. It just didn't quite pan out for Andromeda, apparently. Um, but okay. Collector base. No, so what the fuck? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> God damn it. Elusive Man's base. Welcome God damn back it. to Mass Effect 2. Take a fight to the collectors. Uh, God damn it. I should play the Elusive Man theme, but I don't want to get sued again. But um, Again. Hold up. <laughs> no, but dude. Okay. First time, totally unrelated. Moving on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, you're right, though. You're right, when you, Gabe, when you said this Elusive Man did not play as serious of a role in this game. I'll like, say, I don't even fully mind that you know they servers just went full fucking evil in this game um they didn't even, like try to hide their their badness anymore but i just yeah. wish that the elusive man had more uh screen time in this game totally and you had more interactions man. with him he's such a cool yeah. character yeah right and so i i felt like um the setup in mass effect 2 was really interesting for it, it it, it established the potential pivot to just hard evil in Cerberus a little bit. Like, the way that they did it was cartoonish, but, like, in a good way, uh, I think, where just they just send mooks at you and you just murder them all. Um, and the justification for it was reasonable, where they were, like, mind-controlling these people with, like, weird Reaper tech. Uh, in order for them to become mindless drones that just attack whatever they say to attack. But I really wanted, like, I really wanted my decision to give the elusive man the Reaper base. Um, I really wanted that decision to to lead to a serious reckoning with the elusive man. I wanted that to make him like turn into a reaper or some weird shit like that. Yeah. So, I mean, he kind of um, does in a sense. Yeah. Um, no, nah, he, he turns into fucking whatever his name is. The <laughs> oh, Saren. Saren. From yeah. Hell yeah. Saren. He yeah. He's, he's just like lamer Saren. Well, that's kind of like what I was, I remember uh, at the end of Mass Effect 2, I remember the one of the po uh, podcast episodes you talked about hoping that you giving the elusive man the base kind of sets up servers to become like super evil. And I was just sitting there thinking yeah. like, ooh, well, it's going to happen. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, though, the whole, the whole collector base doesn't factor into that at all. Yeah. 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 yeah that's what it feels. It feels like that. 
I mean, it, it just as happens with no matter all what. decision-based games, your decisions don't matter. Um, can't almost in a except way. as window dressing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, that's kind of the folly of choose your own adventure games, where you make these decisions, but they still kind of have to <laughs> shepherd you along. <laughs> the path (laughs) dude actually okay that's actually a really cool piece of the ending i think the way they they spin that that phrasing of the name and i was like motherfucker's been having this since game one or did they think of this along the way but oh yeah allegedly um it was casey hudson the like project leader for the ending he just like had his own idea for the ending and it was like that that's what's happening no Mm. (laughs) like no collaboration that's kind of (laughs) awesome but wait okay so like I, I just like sh- surely like Zoe as the story expert, surely you thought that they could have done better with the elusive man here, right? Or no? I mean, I at least wish that they did better with the assault on the Cerberus base okay. for sure. Um, I don't know. Cause, cause they, they build up this whole Cerberus base assault. Like you go up to the war room and they're like, are you ready to go? And you can say, yeah, I'm ready or no, I'm not. And so, you know, for a fact that like, this is going to be a turning point. And then they like send Edie out with you and you're like, oh fuck, like Edie's coming with me. And she was a part of Cerberus. <laughs> oh fuck, can I take like- anybody else? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. So Wasn't true. going to admit it, but yeah, like so when Edie's true. just like, Shepard, I must accompany you. And you're like, do you really though? Like, I've got a two yeah. that I really Can, like. <laughs> what about I, James? Can we have James instead of Edie? <laughs> Sorry, yeah, wait. Like, quick question: just, Did they actually require James on any mission? Other okay, wait, so at the beginning. No. Other than the beginning, right? No. Okay. Yeah, there's no, no mate. There, there's no mission that requires James. They should yeah. have done. Yeah. That, I, yeah. I think it's because he was at the very beginning, so you only you like he was your only option. Right. I think that's why they didn't make like a mandatory James mission. I would have loved to see that. I feel just like they knew us. that James sucked. <laughs> so they didn't make you keep him Mass Effect around. James. Mass Effect yeah, James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I mean, Real yeah, life James yeah, yeah, isn't yeah. voiced by Freddie Prince Jr. But right. maybe. <laughs> maybe one day. Yeah. <laughs> Little like, did you know. <laughs> but dude, you're so the thing right. was though, yeah. I was just going to say, you're so right. Like It's like they made it out to be this awesome thing. And even the second, before you even jump in, you like go into the place on the map right where the 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 cerberus base is and it's like a fucking like a toothpick in the space and you're like okay i mean i didn't even mind that as much like the part that disappointed me was one like you bring Edie with you on the on this mission i was hoping more of a showdown between the elusive man and Edie. like i was maybe hoping that he had some sort of fail safe in her programming to make her like turn on you all of a sudden like in the middle mm, of the mission sure. that never really happens. She just kind of helps you hack your way through Cerberus. And then she like maybe says like a quick quip to the elusive man at the, you know, at the end of that level. But like, there's no real confrontation between the two of them, like enough. So where you feel worried, like when I started that mission, I was very worried for Edie. And then as the mission was going on, I was just like, oh, she's, she's fine. Like, but I was hoping there'd be a little bit more of that, like, ambivalence of, like, what's going to happen? Oh, dear. Like, Edie, are you truly my ally? Um, Instead, it just kind of cultivates, like, one, or I guess another thing. Like, I was disappointed also that you go into the elusive man's office 
and it's the famous office. It's in front of that star. You see his chair and you see his, all of his setup. And he's not there, of course, because convenience. Mm-hmm. But also, like, that's just the place where you face Kai Lang. <laughs> Fucking Kai such Lang. a non-issue at this point. <laughs> Fucking Kai Lang, dude. <laughs> Jesus right. Christ. He's so I, pathetic. Oh, dude. <laughs> I, I feel bad. Like, you know, Troy Baker, I'm so sorry, but they did your character so dirty in that, where it's yeah. just like elusive man just patches himself in and he's just like, you're in my chair, Shepard. <laughs> Kai Lang, deal with him. <laughs> dude. like, no. Like, dude. I do love man, the way he does it, yourself. though. I do love how he's just like, <laughs> Like you're in my chair, and he's like, you know, like learn what you want to on like the computer, but don't overstay your welcome. <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> dude. Okay, wait. I will literally tell you fan fiction right here that's better than Kai Lang. Okay, here it is. Instead of Kai Lang at all, if you want a person who is under the fucking elusive man, oh, Kaden, it actually turns got out- you. What? Sasuke. Kaden Sasuke. is rogue. <laughs> And he's like, yeah, okay, all right, I appreciate that. Um, for those of you who don't know that reference, it's it's very appropriate. But like, Matt, that would never happen. EA would never pay royalties to Naruto. No, they would never open themselves true, up to true, get true, sued true, like true. that. But um, no, what it actually would be if you want someone under the elusive man, you should. I think the story they should write is that the elusive man actually worked with Miranda's dad to create her. And they had they put in the implants that they never put into you into her, which she can he can take control over, and then she turns on you, and she's in Kai Lang's place. And imagine all those but scenes. Yeah, but what if she's playthrough. dead, like in my place? I know, but like fuck that. Make her not die, like they do to some characters, and then like have her be Kai Lang. That's already like such a crazy like dude. She was rolling with us for an entire game, and she couldn't control like she's got the mind control so dude like that is a way instead they were like do you like anime i mean like seriously like that was like the entirety <laughs> of we just need like an anime soldier what if we give him a sword and he holds it that backwards kind of way that's really badass like what if like that's like his entire i don't know it's sad everyone said everything they need that's to say his about. entire character development is was the development of his character it would have been cool if, like, Kai Lang and his biotics managed to get control of Edie, and then it was, like, Edie and Kai Lang against you yeah. and your one yeah. other squad mate or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think that would have been cool. I mean, like, I the think, fight with I Kai Lang I think his Lang entire is, character is unnecessary, and they could have done something else, and it would have been better. Probably. Probably, right? <laughs> to to be honest, a part of me wonders how much of it was just that they wanted to bring there was enough big talent interested in being a part of the finale that they were like, Yeah, of course, we'll have you on this. Like, we'll just create this character, Kai Lang, and he'll be a part of Cerberus. He'll be the final boss for Cerberus, in fact. Like Right. I don't know. Um Let me just tell you, the way you said that sounds super accurate, but also fuck that. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> like, I mean, there was there was a lot of media frenzy around Mass Effect Three after the success of Mass Effect Two, so I can totally see true, something yeah. like that happening, yeah. where just a lot of big name people wanted to kind of leave their mark. No, but let, hear me out. If Troy franchise. Baker fucking wants to get in this game, he should play that one fucking random dumb fucking Alliance soldier that's in the fucking end credit scene <laughs> for me, right in the fucking middle. 
Why why is that guy here? He's like Shepard's doing what this. What about he- Commander Anderson's random dude that never appears before or after that one scene? That's the Australian yeah. Captain dude? Captain Coates? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Captain Coates. Like put Troy yeah. Baker on that shit. Like don't fuck it like Yeah. Dude, like for my for my scene, it's probably because someone was dead and they needed to like put a body there. I guess I don't even know. Like, there's like Shepard is doing the most insane epic speech. Like, you know, like we're fucking gonna do this, but like we might, you know, lose all of our lives. But you know, I'll see you at the bar tomorrow. And like, have, all the fucking cliches are coming. And there's just this one alliance soldier. Like, yeah, man, fucking yeah. You, t- <laughs> I heard about this guy on the fucking news, bro. He's awesome. And I'm just like. Get this guy the fuck out of here. Who is this guy? <laughs> Imagine you just like interrupt your speech and you're just like, get him out of here. <laughs> that would have been awesome. That would have been awesome. Did you guys have that random alliance soldier I'm talking about? Or is that not something that is that? No, I made everyone through? live. I don't. Okay. I don't remember. Oh, fuck. You didn't have like nine of those guys, James? <laughs> I, I don't, I, I don't think I had that guy because I had somebody live. <laughs> Probably Rex. McCoy, you heart this oh, bastard. Fuck. They did. I do. There was clearly a moment where Reeve is standing there professing Rex. amongst the Krogan, just saying some shit. And then he turns to you and like, because he's not Rex, you can't interact with him. But I'm certain that he would be Rex and you could interact with him and have like your last bro moments. But because he's not, he just turns to you and just goes like, honestly, I really hated what you've done this one planet, but I guess we're just here anyway. So peace. <laughs> like, okay. Thanks fucking Reeve. Yeah. Rex is a lot better character than Reeve. <laughs> yeah especially when i heard about mccoy's interpretation of the whole tachanka priority tachanka and he's like man this is awful what they're doing to the female croak and i was just like really was it but then i watched i watched playthroughs and reef is a dick <laughs> so yeah <laughs> Jeez. i will say the one benefit to having reef is that you can get more than to survive whoa i guess so yeah, yeah. Whoa, there you go. Of course, none of us succeeded it. Or maybe you did. But that's not right for Morden. Morden needed to die, unfortunately. It's true. Yeah. Plus, then you don't actually yes, cure it the had to be him. Yeah. It had to be him. Yeah. Anybody else would screw it up. Oh, yeah. God. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Morden. No, it's, oh, God. It's so true. Still true. Gone too soon. Dude, it was actually this. Yeah. Did anyone else feel this way? Like, okay, the ending, I kept thinking to myself, all my crew is going to die in epic ways, but actually it's you that dies and like they live, but they live without you. And I was like, cause at first I'm, I mean, I'm the player character. I don't give a fuck. Like I personally don't die. It's not like the mass effect game comes out there and kills me afterwards. So I'm like, I don't care. Jepper can die. But then you kind of like look at your squad afterwards and they're kind of sad and you're like, Oh fuck. They kind of so, like no, so are man. we are we there are we no we're not necessarily about, like, this there. Fine, well, maybe finally finale segment maybe because I, I don't have know. I thoughts think we should. <laughs> maybe I think we should okay fuck it we're there I, I just want to see on on Edie yeah she basically was just like R two D two in like Bespin Cloud City. Yeah. Just like rolling around, unlocking doors for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for real. That's, that's <laughs> literally all she yeah. did. In yeah. like, that I is true. Had that is true. <laughs> Yeah, like all yeah, she Garrus does is she didn't have the codes. She just <laughs> unlocks doors, and then she also tells you like, "There's information on that computer. They, it might be of use to you." <laughs> James, yeah, he might not have the codes, information, but he does know how to calibrate. Uh. <laughs> dude, uh, dude, though, like it's so funny. All of that, all of that information that they give you, I was like, "Oh, this is just, this is just the story that they couldn't figure out how to write into any other scene." Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, it was kind just of flat. All of that stuff. It was oh, a was little neat like, to oh, see like how they formed Edie. This is, but it was just like right. So, eh. it, it was cool it to was, see that mm. Edie was a manifestation of the rogue VI yep. on Luna from Mass yep. Effect One. Yep. I really liked that connection because yep. now I want to kind of go back in Mass Effect One and replay that mission and then realize that that's Edie. Yeah. Like that's that's cool. Yeah. I'll give it so, that. And to add on that. I heard I heard a definition of the difference between lore and story or writing, which is that like lore is just information and like a story has a plot and drama and character development and suspense. And I feel like all of that shit was just lore without any story. It was basically you know the mean? codex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Just another. Yeah. It was essentially lore that they but, tried to like sprinkle some emotion into. Yeah. And I actually think the real but failing like, of that yeah. section was actually just that they showed you what actually is a better way of doing it, but they only showed it to you one time, which is that you're watching those videos, which I don't mind at all. Like, I, I actually like lore. Especially lore like that that's about Edie, like a person that you care about, and it explains why she doesn't turn on you is because they didn't really create her, per se, you know? Like, they didn't code her. So you're like, okay. But then when you're watching all those videos, you see, um, like, Shepard can say something after watching, like, one of the 19 videos. And it's, like, this Dexter dialogue. I think it's with Edie, specifically, where you turn to Edie and say some shit, and Edie says some shit back, and you react to the video, like, Hey man, I just saw this shit. Like this is practically this is practically what's top of YouTube right now. You watch a video and you react with your friends. Um, but like, yeah. But they did that one time, and actually there was a lot of videos where I saw something and I felt like we should probably talk about this, guys. Don't you think? And I turned to my crew and there's nothing you can say, and so you don't say anything. And they're like, cool, and you're done. And like, I feel like that was all they needed to like turn that up a little more was just have a little more talk about the videos you were seeing and kind of contextualize and discussion. I... Um. I disagree. I think they needed a lot more, but that would have helped. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we out here. Um, yeah. Yeah. But we out here. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So where does that take us? Zoe? Where are we very so, fucking now? Right. So then this takes us. I, I want to split up the finale into two parts. Okay. Because I, I have different feelings about both parts. One, I want to talk about the finale combat sequence slash saying goodbye to your crew slash organizing your squad. And then okay. the second can be once you're in the Citadel, that part of the story sequence. Yeah, the catalyst. Um, okay, sure. Cause to be honest, like I found the final combat sequence to be completely underwhelming. Um, Mainly because I think that the writers could have done a better job at depicting a final battle of the ages than what they ended up doing. Um, I don't know. Like, when I think about final combat sequences, like, one thing that comes to mind to me is something like in, and I guess spoilers, but like, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Jesus Christ. Like, that is something that comes to mind for me, where it's like, Return of the King had a great segment where it's like it shows all of the alliances and all of their battle strengths and it shows them in action. So you have your Riders of Rohan, you have your Army of the Undead, 
You get to see them in action. For me, it's like in this game, you collect all of these war assets that tell you that you are doing these great things for the, you know, for your force and never shows it in action. And it's such a disappointment. Like you get, you get a couple of frames in one cutscene. Kind of. So like one thing that comes to mind for me, and it might've been DLC, but the fact that they included it, I'll just mark them on it anyway. So like you discover this Cacliosaur fossil in one of your side missions. That's not DLC. That's in the game. You read the war asset after you discover it and return it. And the war asset says, because you discovered this fossil, the Krogan are now able to bring back these cacliosaurs from extinction, which they use to ride into battle. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, oh shit, we're gonna get cacliosaur steed battles shit. Like, I'm so pumped. Like, I got really excited over those fucking cacliosaurs and you never see them oh, ever. <laughs> you know what's funny about so, that too is if you turn it into the, the Solarian, you're like, yo, I found this like uh, fossil. You can use it to clone them. He's like, oh, dope dog, thanks. And if you talk to him immediately again, he has voice lines referencing how they've already started cloning them. And there's already been <laughs> successful test runs. Dude, all the time. Like, wow, that was fast. All the time. Every time you finish a side quest, they're always just like you talk, you like walk out of the room and walk back in. And they're like, yeah, like whatever you did for me is super great. I calibrated all the fucking sensors or some shit. It's like, okay. Yeah, you're okay. like, wow, in like 30 seconds. Nice, dude. Yeah. Impressive. So I think what they tried to know, do like the, here is they tried to show us those space porn scenes, right? With all the ships fighting each other. And it is truly epic. Um, and really well done, but it's kind of the limitations of this game where they're like, they can't really show that to you in the actual game, really. They can show you an amazing backdrop, but then the le- like the level itself is like a corridor with some cover and then some fucking weird enemies that run at you. Like they can't do more than that really in the game. They can show you cutscenes, they can show you backdrops, but they can't really like connect it to the gameplay. And it kind of shows here in that last section. Right. Well, like what I'm saying is that yeah. they they've done it in the game already. They they did what they needed to do already. In fact, priority Tachanka is exactly how I would have liked to see a final end game. In the sense that it's combat complete with a cutscene of something epic, aka Thresher Maw taking out a fucking reaper. Like that was a fucking epic scene that I saw, which is like, holy shit, this mother of all Thresher was is just going ham at this Reaper. Fuck yeah, I'm all for this. Like, I I don't mind just having, I, like, obviously I don't need the Capiosaurs in combat as I'm fighting, but it just would have nice to would have been nice to see cutscenes of your forces maybe taking down a Reaper in their general vicinity while you are also fighting like there's reapers to spare it's not like there's a limited source of reapers attacking earth right now so it would have been cool to see a krogan army take down a reaper it would have been cool to see a you know a a turian fleet take down a reaper themselves you know cacliosaurs take down a fucking reaper fuck yeah like i don't know like i have too many expectations i guess from what the game gave me but like i don't know like it just felt a little underwhelming that the only sense of 
ground battle comms that you get as you're fighting are coming from this team Delta and team, you know, team Tango happening on either flank that you could care less about. So they're like, team Tango's going down. And you're like, sucks, dude. Like, I guess. Sorry, just to to be totally fair to the game, you do get comms from Cortez as he just proceeds to just exit this series in the quickest, most uncelebrated Uh, fashion. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's he oh survived God, for me it's so, true. so no he he survived for me mccoy so what so happened could, what did i do what you didn't interact with him you enough. were homophobic bro <laughs> oh my god <laughs> wait so you had to you had to actually go down into the into the hangar and like talk to him ever yeah dude you had to hype him up i didn't i didn't hype do that shit. so so i guess like it's kind of like i a went mini- down there once it's a mini loyalty game. mission for Cortez and that Cortez gets a dying message from his husband and he's feeling very distraught about it. And you help him find his peace by encouraging him to go to the refugee memorial in the Citadel to mourn his husband. Hmm. And because of that, like he feels more focused. So it literally so because- is a loyalty mission where they're like, yeah, these trained soldiers literally can't focus on the battlefield because of their uh, daughter. <laughs> Yeah, McCoy, maybe. did you listen <laughs> to Admiral Hackett? Yes. You can no. pay a soldier to shoot a gun. You can pay a soldier to charge and take a hill. But you can't pay a soldier to believe. Thank you for that. And also, you have to take him to the Citadel to exactly. do that. Exactly. <laughs> you have to help him get over his dead husband. That, okay. I mean, but perhaps he met his dead husband in my game and not in yours. So, you know. That's a spiritual. Well, I mean, not yet. Fair enough. <laughs> not yet. I have to say, though, watching McCoy's playthrough, it was a very disjointed line where you see Cortez's ship go down, and Cortez, in like completely like like sane voice, comes. It's just like Shepard, I'm going down, and then there's a crash, silence, and then you hear Kate go, Cortez, no, <laughs> no, he doesn't just say no. <laughs> And he, like, goes on for so much longer and has so much more, like, fucking, like, chest, breath, lung training than I have to just make that. And then, like, you turn to him, like, oh, my God, this was serious. And then the guy, like, immediately someone does one of those lines where, like, you're not doing the objective next. Like, you have to go to the terminal. (laughs) And that was the end. (laughs) Like, I get it. I have to go to the fucking terminal. But this dude just died. You have to go to the terminal. It's right over there, Shepard. Like, God damn it. God the thing was, that completely <laughs> threw me off, though, because I watched Cortez die for McCoy, and I'm texting Gabe just being like, I swear he lived for me. Like, what? <laughs> he can <laughs> die? Like, <laughs> But yeah, I guess if you just don't talk to him enough, he's too distracted. So uh, nice. there you have it. <laughs> they should have just inserted that scene from Captain America where he puts the Hydra ship in the ice. He's like, I gotta put her down. (laughs) (laughs) No, Cortez! Dude, they should have. He's like, I never got that dance. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, like, the scene does not change whether he lives or dies. Because when he lives, his ship still goes down. He crashes. And all you get is, like, one calm line where he's like, I'm okay, Shepard. But you never see him the rest of it. Like, you still don't see him the rest of it. You can contact him on that. Uh, thing right yeah you're you're right yeah. so you can you can contact him through the voice comm channel when you're kind of saying <laughs> goodbye to everyone he's like wow shepherd that was rough 
like. <laughs> let's do it again. Good thing I, thing I survived. Sure. Yeah, let's do it again. <laughs> my God. But like, I don't know. Like, I guess my point is, like, they did their best to have their, like, proper farewells to each character, especially with, like, the final calm goodbyes where you can, like, patch yeah. in Jacob and patch in Miranda and etc. I think Grunt was great. Yeah. Grunt, yeah, Grunt was great. I loved Grunt. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, I would actually say, yeah, I, don't know. I would actually posit that there's one character that they actually give their final goodbye earlier in the DLC, and that's Morden. Did you guys catch that that <laughs> voice log for Morden after the, you after the hangover? Right, you you wake up in the morning and there's a little uh like you know data pad or some shit by your bed, which you don't even wake up in. But like, you know, you're. Did you guys catch that where it's it's Morden yeah. basically saying, "Oh, if you got this, I'm already dead." But hey, like here's my shit. And he like, did you guys catch that? Yeah. Well, I mean that was that was DLC stuff, I suppose. But but I I think they kind of yeah. were like, wait a minute, we need to do a little outro for him too, you know? Like, and we forgot to kind of. Mm. It's not that we forgot, but he didn't fit in the ending because he's already dead. But like, I guess allegedly. Wait, sorry. If he's alive, what happens? Can you contact him? And he's like, hey. <laughs> That's a they have something yeah. similar for Thane in the Citadel DLC. Hmm. If you do the whole memorial for him, you can watch some videos he left you. Hmm. Oh, I didn't catch that. Which yeah, I wonder depressing. if Morden lives. <laughs> he's just like at the party and then you listen to the, the voice message. He's like, if you're listening to this, I'm already dead. And then you turn around and it's just a ghost of Morden and you're like, what? what? <laughs> he dies in every nah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's So, so what do you guys think about the, this final little walk here? I shouldn't call it a little walk, but you know, it's like the walk where you walk through and you talk to all your characters and you, you get to say your final goodbyes and you get to handshake with a renegade option. Like, you know, we out here, dap, dude, dap them up. <laughs> a lot of them. I'm like, whatever. I appreciated that. Like your crew members. It's been fun. Like, you know, playing this game, but goddamn, when I get to my boys, that's when the feels <laughs> hit. Oh yeah. Garrus. Oh, I... cuts me down Garris... every time yeah garris's is very like compared to other people's garris's is very heartfelt where he's just like no we're gonna fucking get through this we're gonna retire to the to the beaches and we're gonna live off of the royalties and you're just like yeah. shepherd if we both go to happen meet me at the bar and you're like yeah, yeah bud yeah, yeah, I'll be with the bar. <laughs> and I feel like God you have it. lines to say back too. If only, you're like, if, if only Garrus was alive in my playthrough. <laughs> yeah, I think you would have had a better God time, James. James. <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, like I honestly think my enjoyment of this game would have gone up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I. Yeah, I still do waffle back and forth on whether or not I should have loaded after Rex was shot in the back by Ashley. But you know, I just felt <laughs> the correct answer is yes. <laughs> Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> I just thought like this it's is an true. action that could it's actually true. happen in this game, so we're out here. And I, I, I was because keep in mind, like, dude, my war rate, not my war readiness, because that was obviously fifty percent. But dude, I got like so much fifty percent, baby. Like so, I did so many side quests. Like I did so much work for this series to try to get good endings, and then sometimes, occasionally, I got fucked. <laughs> and I was like, I can accept a small bit of getting fucked. You know what I mean? Like just a small bit. Um, if it was like everyone died, then I'd be like, never mind, I need to reload. But it's like, if one person dies, I can accept that. You know, like in, in the end of Mass Effect 2, like if one person dies, that's reasonable. Like, I think that's an okay state to proceed with. James, I don't know yeah, about you, though. Yeah, if in the end of Mass Effect 2, like five people die, that's reasonable. Yeah, yeah. totally get that. Totally get that. 
So, Mas- uh, sorry. No, I was mad about it, but I still didn't reload. So, James, <laughs> when you talked to the comms expert, did he just go, I don't know, man, uh-huh. our shit's jammed? Because <laughs> he's got no one to talk to, or what the fuck? Uh, basically. Nice. I mean, I barely remember what that guy said, so I think so. Yeah. He lets you talk to all the people that should be alive. Um, right. right. But none of them were. Yeah, that's tough. I think it was like Rex. <laughs> well, no, Rex is there with you. And Rex was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, God, who's alive in my playthrough? Fucking nobody. Yeah. It's tough, man. Yeah, it sucks. So, wait, before we... Okay, sorry, I just want to finish out the Garrus thing because I totally agree that Garrus does have a really heartfelt, if he's alive, asterisk, has a really heartfelt um, sort of send-off here, and it's on both sides. Not only does Garrus say some heartfelt stuff, right, like like you like you guys were saying, right, like, I'll see you up at the fucking bar in heaven, but also Shepard has stuff back to say to him, and I don't know if it's different if you romance or whatever, I obviously didn't, And but you, you say to him, I, I said to him, like, this kind of um, almost like all-knowing omniscient line of like, if I die, I'll look down on you, you know, from the bar. And God it's damn. like, it's it's nice, right? You know what I'm saying, Gabe? Dude, that alone is like, it's worth it. It's worth all of the Mass Effects just for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be watching over you, Garrus. Yeah. Don't you worry. Yeah. Just the, and, the and- shepherd Garrus bromance is like the story of the century. (laughs) (laughs) And it's cool that they get to tell it over three games. Like they, they cycle in and out about who you get to play with, but Garrus is fucking always there. Yeah. Yeah. And I, People come and go. But Garrus is always. (laughs) Garrus is always. Unless he dies. Unless he dies. Yeah, it's a, it's a little more sad if you romance him just because he like wi- like he expresses his hope for like what a Turian human hybrid baby might look like, and you're like, we're not gonna have babies, yeah. Garrus. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I think Garrus's <laughs> line, like in both cases, really highlights why the ending can be sad. Because again, like I said, I don't really care if the player mm. character dies in my own mind, but I care if it makes my friend sad. Exactly. You know? <laughs> so then they really get to hook you in on that decision because like dude if the decision is like save the galaxy but but your character dies in the last scene of a trilogy that ends it's like i don't give a fuck i don't give a fuck at all why would i that's like easy bro kill me 10 times i don't care but like when when you get to see that your friends actually care slash your lover actually cares like that that matters so then you're like fuck mm. okay this does have a weight to it um so a topic I want to talk about as we're kind of talking about companions is that something that Gabe said that I think was a narrative coming out of this game was that they trimmed down from Mass Effect 2, right? They had the majority of the game is almost the loyalty missions in a sense, right? They have this big cast of characters. You're playing with all these different people. You're finding, but you can only take two with you, right? There's so many good characters, but you're learning the ones you love. Um, and they do much so much to send them off in this game, but they decided to pare down on who the who you could hang with basically right who you could roll with in your squad in this game because they wanted them to really have a tight connection and i would posit they did not succeed <laughs> i do not think the connections were so much tighter in this game by cutting down your crew like i don't think i love james i don't think i love edie i mean edie's cool 
Mass Effect, James. Mass Effect, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Asterisk. Thank you, thank you, no, but, thank you. But, but I mean, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not, not saying, like, I was really offended by the lack of depth of the character. There's nothing like that. I'm just saying that, like, I actually think Mass Effect 2 did a better job at connecting me with the squad and my teammates than, than this game did. And I'm curious to know if other people had similar experiences or no. I, yeah, that, I actually don't agree. I think this game does a much better job of connecting you with your squad mates through like the little meetings and stuff you do i mean i do kind of miss like the you do like a a main not a main but like a a side mission together that is centered around that character i thought those were really cool but i think this game i agree i think those were really cool yeah but i think this game does it more subtly and intricately than just like this big like hey i have this problem i need your help taking care of it all right let's get it done boom problem solved (laughs) We need to kill my child. Exactly. <laughs> Didn't we already um, kill your child? We need to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> you had more of them. We have to kill them. I know. But I, I do agree, though. I think, unfortunately, they skimped out on some characters. Like, I think, like, the, the getting to know, like, Garrus more in this game is, like, A+. Plus. Okay. But I definitely do agree that, like... Even, like, with all, like, the intricacies and, like, the subtleties of this game, I still think, yeah, Mass Effect James is, like, still a super boring character. And even kind of similar with Edie. I think, unfortunately, with Edie, you know, she has some good dialogue on missions and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. But, unfortunately, you just don't really, like, get to know her super well. You know, you can kind of do, like, the stuff where you can help kind of form a relationship between Joker and Edie. Or maybe oppose that if you're against it. Okay. But um, it, it, it's just like, I, I guess also I just never felt a strong connection to James, Mass Effect James, sorry. <laughs> or uh, thank you. Or uh, Edie. Um, and I think also, yeah, it's in the game they didn't flesh out for those characters as well. Because like we talked about earlier, like the thing where you find out the creation of Edie, you're kind of like, uh, okay. Yeah. It it but, depends I mean, because there's... there's like a lot of a lot of that character development is done through random happenstance if you happen to walk by them on the ship. Right. Like I had more of a connection to E just because I made an effort to talk to her and Joker at the end of each core mission. Right. Yeah. And you kind of learn from that like Edie is struggling with this idea of having sentience but also kind of being of an ai at the same time so she's tr- struggling to figure out human emotions she's struggling to figure out like why why humans like things why humans have opinions and preferences and she's trying to figure that out she does it through the framework of i just want to please jeff which yeah. is silly. Yeah. I think you could do that without the framework of a romance, but that's just my own opinion. Sure. Um, but yeah, so because yeah, of that. Yeah, but that makes it safe for gamer guys. <laughs> <laughs> Have you not considered the gamer guy? <laughs> I, so, I wonder if, if you do oppose that romance, though, if maybe it it is more like that then. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I do wonder. I don't know. I think the only way I figured out you could oppose it is if Jeff or Joker talks to you. And I think you can tell him, like, 
don't go for it, dude. Or you can say like, I love you, Joker, instead. Or like, I think at least for friendship, (laughs) there was like something where you could like tell Joker, like, don't pay attention to her, pay attention to me. And I was like, I'm not going to be that petty. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, also, but yeah, like, so I, I was going to say real quick, uh, also off of what Zoe was saying, how you can like find them around the ship. Yeah. Like, I think that's, that's also what I kind of meant by like this, the smaller things where, you know, in, in the past games, you just walk to their designated spot on the ship to talk to them. Yeah. And that's still mostly the case in this game. However, after some missions, you can find them in other areas of the ship, either on their own or, talking uh with other members of the crew and that just adds to the whole Mm -hmm. like the it's the smaller things but but on the same token is that i i definitely felt like in in my playthrough there was a lot of instances where i went to talk to someone between missions because i've been accustomed with that in uh, mass effect one and they had nothing to say did did anyone else encounter that too where you just like walk with them like nah man no and you're like oh like like i think it just depends on the missions because it didn't happen with every mission per se but i found every core story progressing mission there was some semblance of you know progression well i just didn't try to talk to most of my crew after most missions well then it does not surprise me that that is why cortez died (laughs) it's also a a case in this game too where it wasn't like always like a full-on conversation sometimes they would just have a like little quick quips about things about like what mission you just had or like the current state of the Reapers causing shenanigans all over the galaxy. Right. Yeah. And even then it's not even conversations that you yourself execute. Sometimes it's just passing conversation. So I kind of learned early on, like I would walk into the main battery to talk to Garrus and he'd already be talking to Liara Mm -hmm. or something like that. And so I learned early on to just kind of walk in stand there and wait for the story progression to kind of play out. So you you get kind of mm. cute dialogue. I think one of my favorites is like you can go into Liara's uh base and Joker's just like asking Liara being like, "Can you tell me the answer?" and Liara's like, "No, I'm not going to I'm not going to tell you." And Joker just is like, "Shepard, can you ask Liara if her tentacles move on her head <laughs> like for me, please?" Like it's oh, it's yeah, cute little that. banter yeah, back yeah. and forth like that that you get little character development that way. Mm. Um yeah, I I don't know. It it's Yeah. It was cool flavor text that they gave that Mass Effect 2 did not necessarily give. Yeah, let's talk about the comparisons. I I think that's really interesting and it's one of the reason I wish they had more characters because then that would just give them like more opportunity for those passing conversations. But oh yeah. That would be But let's let's talk about the ending. Yeah. Yeah. I think oh, okay. Are are we talking about like the ending Citadel Citadel onward ending? Yeah, yeah. Or are we going to pay our respects to Marauder Shields? <laughs> oh, oh god. Saddest video <laughs> game death. No, we, we we can pass by that. The, the the joke with that is that Marauder Shields is like the final boss of this game, and boy did he put up a fight. But the the meme perfect. is that he was trying to save you from getting the original awful ending to the Mass Effect <laughs> by just killing you right there. Yeah. My God, can you can you actually die in yeah. that area? I I don't know. <laughs> I've never tried. 
Gabe's too good of a shot to ever try that shit. I would never lose to Honor Shields despite him having my best interest in mind. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> They're referring to the fucking one dude that's a marauder that jumps out at right before you hit the fucking teleporter to citadel that's what they're referring yeah. to right and you just have to like shoot him once and he dies yeah, pretty yeah. much <laughs> yeah. yeah the odds are stacked in your favor yeah no kidding. yeah um, um oh actually sure. one thing i wanted to uh, also time is slowed down so it's <laughs> yeah, easier true. one thing yeah. i wanted to say real quick is that i think we we talked a little bit about how the the ending mission leading up to going to the teleporter to then being teleported up to the citadel. I think we kind of touched on how that's kind of a little lackluster. Yeah. Um, but All I right. do think they do. I, I agree. It's a little lackluster, but I do think they do a good job at kind of giving this feel of like desperation, but also like hopelessness with that, where it just seems like everyone around you is just like getting cut down by the reapers. And you're just like, kind of like, Holy mm. shit. Will this even work? Like, christ we're just like throwing bodies and lives at this problem trying to see if anything will work yeah and i like the parallel to the eyeless teleporter to citadel Hmm. Hmm. you know in the first one where you teleport from eyeless to the citadel I feel like it's really similar True. in this one where you're a taking the beam up to the Citadel. Right, and I guess right? that's the technology that would take you there, right? Like It kind of makes sense that those would be Yeah, I mean, similar. I think that's, that's all Reaper yeah. tech. Hmm. So it would probably be the same, hmm. the same jam. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in one way I can see, like, I, I do think they had the desperation clearly stated. I'm just kind of sad combat-wise that that was encapsulated not through introducing maybe a new... Sure type of semi reaper hybrid threat oh, yeah. but instead it was like we're gonna toss instead of one brute at you we're gonna toss five brutes yeah at and that, you. that's the part Deal i agree that's like kind of lackluster it's just like yeah. they, they kind of create this tension where it's like all right you have these like two missile trucks that are like stuck here use them to shoot at the reaper and you're like okay and you like shoot the first one the missiles miss and then it's like all right hold out against these waves of enemies and then activate the second one and I do, I do feel mm-hmm. like they could have made that part a little more spicy. Yeah, yeah. Like imagine instead of that, if they had like three reapers in between you and yeah. there, and then you had to like get in just like one of those turrets, yeah. but the turret you shoots to, like rockets or something. Yeah, or they make you get yeah. in. Yeah, that would have been. Or way you had cooler. to like dodge laser beams. <laughs> yeah. Ever. yeah, yeah. If it was more yeah. like, or the, they uh... didn't throw three fucking banshees at you dude, but the real problem dude, is that, James. do you remember the previous section not the previous section but we'll get, we'll get to that in a second but the the previous time you fight a reaper and it can like stomp on you and how like fucking lame of a gameplay yeah. section that was <laughs> yeah. yeah like they're like fuck dude oh but, like, god that was so yeah, yeah 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 so yeah. like no but i agree like there's a definitely a way to like make it more epic and i really yeah. think it does hurt on the back of also cerberus invasion being so fucking lame so it's like it's kind of honestly like two hours of like could have been a better payoff you know what i mean like yeah. back to back yeah 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 i like the, the so they had, i feel like thinking the about it was lackluster yeah right thinking about it now i kind of realized that like my expectation of what first person shooter gameplay could be is uh somewhat determined by the fact that like the new call of duty came out recently and like 
the guns in that game are just so incredibly good to like play with that like almost almost anything else just feels like man this this could have been with better you, brother. you know yeah and it's like it's like so we go back to a game that came out almost a decade before this and uh and and I'm I'm like man these enemies are really frustrating to fight and these guns don't feel satisfying oh yeah it's because I'm used to like a whole decade of innovation after yeah. this yeah. used you to know? innovation and good shooting mechanics so then that's a question yeah. to pose back at the fucking Matt and Gabe's of the world which is do you even have a inkling of a recollection of what this sequence was like when you first did it what did it feel different now I mean yeah you know it was more of its time back in the day when it first came out you know it wasn't like it wasn't cutting edge but it definitely felt better back then versus you know nowadays I mean I I'm not I'm not super well versed in like every game out there but for me the closest comparison to this to, to gameplay wise this game would be like Gears of War where it's third person cover based sure. shooting yeah. Mm-hmm. And Gears of War is so fucking tight. Yeah. yeah. You know, and but that's also like, you know, they, they emphasized combat and action more as the series progressed for Mass Effect. However, that wasn't meant to be yeah. like the the premier aspect of the game. It wasn't like, yo, this is a combat game with RPG elements. It was like, no, this is an RPG game with combat elements that as the game kind of went, we kind of expanded on those and refine them a little bit yeah but it's still not the main uh the main effort or the main draw yeah. imagine if they had like the action reload <laughs> that they have for years. <laughs> yeah dude honestly dude that's actually sick yeah, like look yeah. i just dude they had chainsaws on the guns hell yeah <laughs> oh, <dude. laughs> what could have I been know. There was like an opportunity in this game, I think, with like the this is a small mechanical gripe, not even a gripe, but just a possibility. But you know the way that they went from the the guns that like overheat and you chill, and everyone agreed that was terrible. But that's not terrible because the concept is bad. It's terrible because it was tuned like trash. You couldn't hit anybody and you overheat really fast. But if you could hit someone and it didn't overheat really fast, that might be fun. Um, but then they like decided like fuck that, we'll just copy yeah. over the game and we'll just make it like a fucking thermal clip you inject. But they never actually like tied back into the cool lore elements where it could have been like, it's a thermal clip that you eject if you want to do a fast reload, but if you sit and chill, it'll just wait and your ammo will come back or something. There's like some other way to like incorporate that cool idea of like the ammo doesn't exist. It's just heat that you have to manage. But they went full normal action game where it's like, it's just yeah. fucking clips, yeah. bro. Yeah. And you just I think they just wanted gun. to make it something familiar for gamers. <laughs> Yeah, for gamers. It's like, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's just like that's the audience, and it's like, yeah, you've played a shooter game, then you'll understand this. Magazines, bro. Have you heard of them? Yeah, you've heard of magazines. Have you heard of Ed's in love with Jeff, and that's the way that she's learning humanity? It's it's just gamer things. Um, right. Okay. Yes. So then you make it into the fucking teleporter. And you shoot up to the fucking citadel. And can you imagine if Udina was there instead? <laughs> well, hold up. Even even before that, how about that like emotional moment you have with your crew when you're charging okay. the okay. when you're charging the teleporter? Yep. yep. And the oh, Reaper shooting at you. I forgot. Like, about I, that. I will say that scene's pretty epic. 
Um, that that wasn't included in the original, right? The, the, okay, so the scene running to the teleporter, yes. However, the scene then where you like dodge the Reaper fire, like a vehicle explodes, um, your crew kind of gets knocked down, and then you call in the Normandy and usher them onto the Normandy and tell them to get out of there. That scene was not in the original. Oh, interesting. Oh, hmm. that's why I don't yeah. remember it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, so in the original, it's like your, your crew just kind of like disappears. Like there's like the, the Reaper laser and it's kind of like ambiguous if they live or survive or if they live or die. And you're kind of like, oh shit, but you just keep pressing forward. But in this uh, extended cut DLC, it's like, assuming your war resource is high enough if it's not i think they just die but if your war resource (laughs) is high enough they survive but shepherd runs back and is like we're getting you out of here and then whoever's with you the two of them are like no like we can we're with you shepherd we can still fight and you're like no you have to get out of here and you can either you know have like a renegade option to be like like, you're in no condition to fight. Like, just get out of here. That's an order. Or um, you can do the Paragon option, which I did, where it's just like, no, I need somebody to survive. Like, somebody has to live to see the end or just, like, escape this the horror. Man, mm. what if you channeled Morden and you were like... Had to be me. Oh, Someone else would have gotten it wrong. Dude, no <laughs> fucking way. If oh, you man, said that, that oh my fucking god, dude. That, <laughs> that would have been, been the so second hard step. Dude, Honestly, dude. I would I've I, almost cried so many times this game, but then that would have just that would have done it. Dude, oh my fucking god, that would have <laughs> nailed it. I mean, it's still quite emotional though. I mean, at least for me, because like, of course, if you do a romance option, you sh- and you bring the romance option with you on the mission, you usually get the scene with that. Person. <laughs> I didn't. So like for me, yeah, sure. Like, I don't know. I told Garrus like, you gotta get out of here, and Garrus is like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, I'll never. <laughs> Bro, leave you serious? You. <laughs> I'll still love you. <laughs> like, <laughs> so we just had this touching moment where I just like still said like, I'll still love you. Cupped his hand head in my hand and I'm just like you know I'll see you on the other side and he's like you better make it out alive and I was like I'm not but I love you <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I had Liara and Javik and I really wanted Jack like when I'm having the emotional moment with Liara where I'm like you have to go and she's like no I can't and then Javik's just like <laughs> Come here, you stupid primitive! <laughs> in my in my life cycle, we never said. So goodbye. I brought uh, I brought Garrus and Javik with me, and I actually ended up having the scene with the Javik, and it was pretty touching. Because really? yeah, because even Javik, you know, he's like the kind of this like cold, calculated character, but even he was just like, like Commander, no, like you can't do this alone, and you're like, get out of here, man! Like somebody has to survive this. The voice of the Protheans must live on. And he's just like big. He's like, no, like we're we're in this together. Like we have to finish this fight. And you're just like, no, go. And Garrus is just like dragging him in, like holding him back. Like, come on, man, we got to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> and that just added like a little extra for me because it, w- it was cool to see like this emotional side of you know, Javik that you don't normally see. Yeah. Oh, that's that's sweet. cool. That I. I they couldn't afford to have Javik just fucking troll you in that, <laughs> in that <instance. laughs> Honestly, I wouldn't have been mad, though. You know, 
They, yeah, you try to do your paragon thrown. option with Javik, and Javik's just like, in my life cycle, we never say goodbye. Get out of here yourself. <laughs> yeah, he just like slaps me, me on the car. <laughs> You're right. They should have thrown players like James, who last lost so many crew members, a bone, and like at the end, where you're like either jumping in or like pushing the button or doing like whatever option you do, if they had just like all the ghosts of all the dead crew members you had, <laughs> like putting their hand on your back while you do it, they're just yeah. like, like, we're with you, Shepard, go. So, Matt, they <laughs> Remember that time you that. killed us? <laughs> so Matt, they kind of had that. They just had it in a sequence that we haven't mentioned before because apparently it's forgettable, which is the fucking dream sequence. <laughs> that that pl- I didn't even, I literally, I didn't see a single person in the dream. So, so you don't you see them, them, but you hear you their hear voices. voices. Yeah, you hear them say shit uh, yeah. as you chase the child. Got it. Yeah, <laughs> I was you're saying, not listening. Yeah, as you chase yeah. the child with your very standard fucking default uh, jog animation, you know, where you just fucking just like walk forward. But um, so they kind of did that. I, you know, a little that. What about that? What about those scenes, eh? True, true. <laughs> I wanted to see their, like, force ghosts. Yeah, though, no, you know? yeah, 100%, yeah. It's just funny. I think they were trying to do that, I but that. those dream sequences to me were so strange because of the running animation. I couldn't get over it. I, I could not get... I, I, listen, dude, I'm the dude. It was more than just the running animation, though, dude. Yeah. I couldn't even get past that. Just the whole concept of the dream sequence was like... Commander Shepard saw a child who died once, except he probably saw a bunch more in other part times of his life. But this one, this one stuck with him. Yeah. For me, it's like, was that child even real? Because yeah. it seemed like no one else saw the kid. He was just like there. And the kid does yeah. play a role later, very clearly, right? So maybe right? he's not but real. But is it real or was it always that just like vision? You know, it would have been cool. Well, a lot of things would have been cool, but like, <laughs> yeah. So, so there's a suggestion that that uh, they remade Commander Shepard's body with Reaper Tech, right? Um, so it would have been cool if they had some interpretation of like, oh, that it was like a Reaper spy looking like a child. So, but, after the original yeah. ending, when the game first came out, there were heavy fan theories that Shepard was indoctrinated. Oh. And that's what the ending represented. Are these, like, fan yeah, that theories been that cool. start with, like, it couldn't have been what I saw with my eyes. It <laughs> oh, has dude, they to go, have been. They go so in-depth. I remember oh. watching them when the game first came out and I beat it. Because I too was dissatisfied with the ending, and just going down this rabbit hole, I was like, "Oh my god, people have way too much time on their hands." <laughs> Marauder Shields was actually Captain Anderson. <laughs> oh shit! Could have been. <laughs> the thing is, like, there's so much interesting stuff they could have done with the Reapers, and then they didn't, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so I felt like with the final sequence and like learning what was happening, I was like, Oh, this is just the matrix story. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> go on. How so? So the story of the matrix is that 
um, the uh, Morpheus? the Morphe. Well, yeah. Uh, no, the um, I don't yeah. know what it is. The fucking robots. They that oh, run Agent the Matrix. Smith. That control that is where all of the humans like consciousness exists. Um, every like there's a cycle, and every cycle a chosen one appears that fights back. Um, but it's basically a failsafe created by the con- the robots. Um, and in order to kind of make sure that the I don't exactly remember because the story becomes dumb and I wasn't really paying attention but um it's a cool action movie and um First of all. but basically like neo the the savior the um commander shepherd of the matrix um is given the option to break the cycle but force humanity into this horrible world or reset the matrix mm. um and make the so cycle like, happen another time the um, like uh crucible decision like red or blue is just like the red pill or the blue pill basically whoa yeah i, I mean sort of ish Maybe that's an early. That's an I'm earlier not. Decision I'm not point. an expert on the Matrix, so I can't really answer that question very well. But the red pill and the blue pill are different, um, sort of. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like basically like the the whole like there are cycles where, um, this the whole like thing resets and um then we murder everybody again is just like a matrixy it might just be a sci-fi thing i mean you know there's so many stories that end up being that but i actually don't take that against any of these stories because i actually think that's a ridiculously cool concept to explore like the oh i don't i don't disagree and i don't hold it against them that it is the matrix story um i just think it's like, do you have anything to add? Is the question. So they, do you remember when you get the green ending and the leaves have a little bit of a electric uh, sort of signature on them? Yeah. yeah. That's true. <laughs> so there was that. Yeah. Okay. It's wait, true. So Matrix didn't have also a Mass Effect doesn't option. have a Matrix. Yeah. But they and could. And did they have the elusive? Or man? maybe. <laughs> yeah, the Matrix didn't have Shepard Martin Sheen in the Matrix. So wait, I actually am curious. That if is we a good could, point. I think it might be the appropriate time to talk. We've we've hinted around it. We've mentioned individual instances of it, but clearly, when this game first came out, there was an ending. There was a set of endings. I remember seeing a YouTube video, and I remember seeing a screenshot of that YouTube video, and they explained to me very clearly there was the blue ending, the red ending, the green ending. Right, like that's the way they described this YouTube video, and they played them side by side. And I remember sitting there in high school, not having played the games, but just thinking to myself, oh, like that's how they're going to do this. Like, interesting. And and I don't know if it's the same video, but the one I, I tried to find this same video recently. And online, there's a video where it says it's from like eight years ago. And the text literally starts with a game that is all about decisions and choices, like ends in the most powerful choice of all. And then it shows these three scenes 
back to back to back and it just made me laugh but could we like for the people who actually know and have seen this original ending and have experiences back then what's the difference here did do you think that they they pulled it off with the extended cut or was it unsavable or or, or, or what do we think uh that's a good question the the thing is it feels like they didn't take out any of the awfulness but they did add a little a few more scenes that make it a little more satisfying it's still a turd but it's but a polished turd still yeah <laughs> so it's, from from what i understand when mass effect 3 was marketed the developers were really hyping up the game as being, this is a game all about choice, so obviously we don't want the game to end where everyone gets the same ending. Like, you're going to have a vastly different ending. Um, there were a lot of promises that were made by the creators about Mass Effect 3 ending, which then cultivated into this red versus blue versus green ending that everyone got upset about. And as far as I can tell, the extended cut only served to explain a lot of the plot holes that the original ending kind of created themselves. So for instance, we mentioned it before, uh, Gabe mentioned how when you're running towards the Reaper beam, towards the Citadel, um, towards the, uh, citadel warp area like your two crew members just kind of disappear and you don't know what happened to them and in the original cut like they just kind of disappear you don't know what happened and they just happen to be back on the normandy and everyone's like how the fuck did that happen um yeah in another instance i think a lot of people complained about the fact that uh originally they didn't explain there there's a scene where Joker is flying the Normandy away from the blast that's created from the crucible. And people were confused at why Joker would be flying away from the blast because, Oh, he's been with Shepard till the very end. Like, why would he just abandon Shepard at that point? That makes no sense. Um, as well as people just being confused why they crash land at, on a random planet and seemed to be fine. And yeah, for, for me, when I originally played it, that, like, exiting the ship on that random planet was like, what the fuck? And it, like, in the original, it just ended with that. And you were like, they're on an island. Like, where are they? Yeah, What's you happening? go to, like, stop the Reaper threat and then your team just leaves you behind. Like, Mass Effect travels to another, like, system and just crash lands on a planet. And you're like, what the fuck, guys? Yeah. <laughs> what is yeah. this? And then their, fi their fix for that is, like, in the scenes, in the new, like, the new uh, scenes they added, they show the ship, like, then leaving that planet. It's like, well, why the fuck did you have them land there in the first yeah, place? Right, so Everything they showed like is just, like, context. So that's a perfect case yeah. of what you're talking about, Matt, mm. right? Where it's like, they didn't change the fact that they landed on that planet, but they sort of just added an extra scene after or before to, like, contextualize it a little bit. Like, they, they definitely stayed the course with their ending. It wasn't like they redid the ending even after the backlash. Yeah. There is one section, though, that they kind of completely 
well, I mean, not completely, but they did kind of reverse, and that's the state of the actual Mass Effect relays. Because in the original ending, I believe all of the Mass Effect relays get destroyed, like completely eradicated from the universe, to which then led to a lot of questions of people being like, okay, well, what what happens to all the Krogan and Asari that are just stranded on Earth now because you fucking destroyed the mass relays? And then in this extended cut, it seems like they amended that to be like, okay, well, the Mass Effect relays aren't destroyed. They're just out of commission for a little while. They're just th- out of service. <laughs> I think that... Gabe can correct me on this, but that might be depending on which ending you chose. I think maybe if you chose the red ending, they might destroy I the think Mass Effect relays. That's true. I think I saw a video... Oh, dude, it's... Yeah, I, th- I think so. Do you know, Gabe? You did control, so I don't I don't know if you remember. No, I didn't do control. I did destroy. Yeah. Oh, you did? So does that destroy the relays? I think so, because it's intended to destroy, like, everything synthetic. All reach attack. Right. They also kind of... Yeah. All the gaff, yeah, too. Preface it by saying that, you know, it won't be that difficult to rebuild. Um, But in that case, then when joker's escaping then they don't have mass fig relays so like them escaping means they're isolated from everyone else in the yeah. galaxy yeah i mean they That's can get back fun. it'll just take a while <laughs> yeah but like dude it's like so then in that case it's like did they almost set up for like a fucking hook on mass effect 4 here if they just land the crew on a planet and then they just cut to black like i mean a little right <laughs> And then Joker's the main character. Yeah, dude, by the way, Joker, like, <laughs> during all of the scenes where he needs to be a fully functioning human being is a fully functioning human being. And then in this last scene again, he, like, hobbles out of his chair and you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot that you could barely walk. Because, like, in every other scene, you just walk and dance and do whatever the fuck you want. And, like, <laughs> oh. Yeah. But, all right, sorry, small tangent. But, yeah, okay, so, wait, I'm curious, though, like, like Matt, for you, like, does this... Was this a better ending, or like, how does the ending land after all this, or, 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 what do you think? Better, yes, but still not good. The, not no. a great okay. ending. Okay. <laughs> I yeah. think. What about you, Gabe? Do you feel similar to that? I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely better than the original ending, and I appreciate that they released it free and added a bunch of, you know context scenes and then also just kind of scenes that show like what happened to everyone else where you can see like the asari defeating it, the reapers and the krogan and like you know the krogan rebuilding and you can see the quarians have rebuilt their cities um if they're alive <laughs> if they're alive yeah yeah it's it's but, interesting but because would it they... would it not have been hilarious if they made you pay for the better ending yeah, yes, well, that, that's what I was going to say. that would have so gone like, down very poorly. They didn't need to do that. but And it's really surprising that of all video game companies, EA actually, like, went through and changed it for free without making it, like, price DLC. I, I think it was because... Because that is the exact kind of shit they yeah, would do. Yeah, but also the backlash was, like, huge. But, like... Yeah, but they've yeah, already shown true. in like every other game they make that they don't give a fuck. No, about exactly. Their fans. If they could, maybe fix, it was like, early enough on, so like they 
weren't like Dude, that yet. Dude, if they could yet. fix like five bugs, I I think I would have had the same reaction to them changing the ending. Like I just <laughs> like True. in terms of my play experience. Look, McCoy, like, it was fresh though. Now this game is old and they don't care. No, I I I yeah. No, yeah. it's fair. It, it, it's it was clearly them trying to say even the densest and by the way this is ea at their prime like i think ea now is still suffering from the legacy that they've left of their decisions no doubt but every company Mm. is a little bit more attuned to their fan base and to gaming and they read reddit you know sometimes and so they kind of get their pr nightmare they're in and i'm not saying they're gonna try to fix it totally in a way that's satisfying but they're gonna be a little more attentive to it but this was the heyday of they were just silently just just it was falling on deaf ears right they were just not hearing anything that people were saying but it was so loud it was so angry it was such a zeitgeist moment that even they were like i mean it almost felt like we literally can't make any money off this series if we don't fix this. Let's just pay them to fix it, or, or who know what the what the motivation was. But yeah, it was a very unlike EA move because we've seen other instances of this game that they didn't finish, like Omega, that they didn't give out for free later. You know what I mean? It's not like they're giving out shit for free that they should have put in the game the first time, except for this particular instance because it's one of the one of the earlier examples of gamer outrage really reaching. I'm not saying it's the earliest, but we live in a world now where you can literally see in Valorant, some guy will make a post, some random dude will make a post that gets a thousand upvotes about some shit that he thinks is bullshit. The Valorant devs will patch it in one day. In that patch, they will break 10 other core systems of their game because they rushed it out so fast to be responsive to Reddit, to be one of those companies that really listens. They will break their entire game and have to spend three more days fixing it to try to be responsive but back then nobody was responsive like that's the evolution between this well, game okay and here's the here's the thing too though mccoy you need to realize is that it's way easier now to patch and hotfix things true that used to not be the case back then true like you didn't have that is one benefit to like these live systems like origin for example where you know if you have a game running through origin it can just check oh there's an update auto done boom and ea or bioware or whoever can push it out themselves you know that wasn't the case where like back then for them they would have to like you know host it on their website which they could still do yeah but there was also the issue of through consoles um the game companies had to pay microsoft or sony to actually publish patches and and the reason why is because those companies microsoft and sony etc would have to have a team of people to check to make sure that this did not um leave any security vulnerabilities in the code Mm -hmm. it did not produce any bugs hilariously which plenty got (laughs) through (laughs) do you know what i'm saying yeah but the premise was if you're going to release a patch it's going to come through our yeah but that's bugs with yeah that's (laughs) bugs with the microsoft or sony system not with like just gameplay bullshit but 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 this was certification they're not bugs they're features right wasn't this like the certification process and the results of that and that was a huge point and by the way at this time pc games were getting patches first do you remember that they were just getting patches weeks earlier than the consoles because the pc universe there's no one who gives a fuck and owns it yeah but it still wasn't like automated right 
Yeah. It was like you had to actually like search it out and find it yourself. Yeah. So what endings did everyone pick mm. for Mass Effect? Mm. Did everyone everyone other than Gates go a choke green? Up right there? Dude, it's I like it's tough out here. <laughs> so I went green. Yeah. I I also did did green. Although Partly because I just ran forward and didn't think about the fact that I could run right or left. But <laughs> James is a true gamer. But I actively chose to run forward in that Good circumstance. You, yeah, if you had had any teammates alive, they would have indicated to you to go left or right. But since there weren't any, you know, it was just a straight shot. James wanted that tropical lime flavored ending. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so exactly. I actually thought, I think we should discuss, they tried to moralize the choices left, right, and center with elusive man uh i want to say udina but not fucking anderson anderson, anderson. thank you um <laughs> and they tried to say like these are what these people wanted which is a really strange context to very okay important so to that's that's actually a point that a lot of people made for the shepherd indoctrination theory okay they were like well renegade is the is the red color so why is anderson who is clearly a paragon character doing the red option and then you know same but opposite for uh the elusive man whoa all right tell me more like like like, i think i don't know i'm like partially with these fucking random people on the internet i'm like that sounds kind of cool like yeah i mean it's an interesting theory i don't know how accurate it is but 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 what do you guys think about the pairing of a character because they clearly tried to say well because the way they describe it at least maybe this is too maybe this is like me like you know moralizing it too much but it just feels like they just say to you in words, if you go to the middle, everything is fine. You just have to merge the two. And you're like, well, that's... And they're like, but trust me, everything will be fine. And assuming you trust that kid and what he represents and all of that, which you don't have to trust, by the way, but assuming you do trust that he's telling you the truth, you walk through the middle and you solve every problem, the whole universe, right here. Let's do it. Um, But then they say, but don't you like Anderson? He wants that one. Kind of like, isn't that like kind of this decision? They're like, don't you remember Anderson? He was a good guy. He likes that one over there. And they even explained to you all the problems with that. But they're like, you know, Anderson, any loose man's bad, right? Like, don't they? It's yeah. like a weird way that they like try to like make this decision powerful. But like, dude, did anyone like, yeah, like going on the who, why did you choose what? Like, I, I don't know how they can sell those other two options really to me. I, I think it speaks to the the characters though because i mean obviously anderson wanted to destroy the reapers and save the universe and the elusive man was just like no we have to control the reapers because then we can become like the apex force of the galaxy yeah i so i chose to destroy in mine i was debating whether to destroy or synthesize i wasn't going to control Mm -hmm. at all um, Zoe didn't want to become the thing she hated. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> um, I I ended up choosing to destroy though because I didn't like the concept that they presented in Synthesis, where they were like, "We will rewrite everyone's DNA to be exactly the same, so therefore there will be no no conflict." Mm-hmm. Like we'll basically rewrite everyone's genetic code and they'll all get along. And to me, that just seemed like indoctrination. So therefore I chose to destroy because I was just thinking, 
yes, it gets rid of all of the synthetics at the time being. And yes, I did see Edie's name on my death board and everyone. But like, at the same time, I was like, you know, hopefully when we, you know, start to create synthetics again, we'll kind of rethink how we want to go about it so the Reapers don't become a threat. Right. <laughs> but 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 they kind of tell you that that can't happen, right? Especially because you don't get to tell any it's of these stories too because you die, right? Like none of that knowledge comes through and the way that they tell it to you is like, it's only a matter of time. That's just the cycle. That's just the truth of, of what organics and machines do. Right. I guess I just had a little bit more faith. Nice. Also, I'm not going to lie. I was like, the other two options have me selling my body. This one maybe has me coming out at alive. Oh. And I did come out alive. So there we go. Oh. <laughs> True. I hadn't considered that. You actually, there's an option to live. Yeah. That's why I Slightly. hate that the uh, destroy ending too. Hmm. It's, it's, a, it's a teaser, basically, where it still shows everything you know, everyone landing on that jungle planet and leaving. And then at the very end of the game, it pans over the rubble of the destroyed citadel and it shows like your torso. And then you just hear like an inhale and then it cuts to black and credits roll. Hmm. So like, it's kind of like this cliffhanger ending of like, you both hear and see the inhale. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You hear and see the Hmm. inhale. But it's still just like, holy shit, he's alive. <laughs> it's a little better than the like dust on Superman's coffin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then, okay, that's interesting. So that's actually like, that's a small, subtle difference. Um, and I, I do want to mention that like, if we look, I looked at all the endings, right? Back to back to back. Um, at least I looked at the original ones in the video that outraged people. But the ramifications on the universe are vastly different. It's just that the way that they show you the ending, yeah. that's the same. Do you guys know what I mean? Like, it's just the same cutscene over and over again with different colors, yeah. but the ramifications are insane. Yeah, and that's where they kind of got lazy. Because they had this idea of like, yeah, it's, th- it's three very different endings. But, you know, I don't think they wanted to go through the hassle of creating these intricate, lengthy, vastly different cutscenes. Right. I mean, that's really expensive. Yeah. Like, that's the most expensive part of making the whole game, probably. Yeah, I don't blame them for that, but it's, like, manif only. Yeah. (laughs) But you could blame them for that, I think, reasonably. True. You know? And just look at that. I mean, as, like, a... As a gamer, I blame them. But (laughs) as, like, someone who understands the concept of money and expenses, I don't blame them. Yeah. But if you think about it, I think, like, you know, there's this concept that is kind of a little bit outside money that would never speak to EA. But it's like, this is the only chance you get to send off Mass Effect. This is it. And there's this non-immediately tangible factor of how this taste is in the in the mouths of the gamers that you, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I know that's a little, okay, all right, all right. Do I have to censor myself? But the point is, look, right, it's like, there's an intangible factor of the experience that you leave with people and how much faith they have for you to do the next one and the sort of continued business exchange between you and you know the gamer and the company right there's like i could see them saying 
Mass Effect has given us so much, we're going to pay for three cutscenes. You know, I could see them doing that. Um, they didn't, fair enough. But I could see a world with which they do that. So like, you can blame them from that aspect. You don't have to be like super harsh because um, there is monetary reality. So my well, guess is that that wasn't that wasn't an EA choice. That was that was a Bioware choice um, of how to expend the resources given to them, or or that they had available. Um, like I don't think that they went to EA and they were like, "All right, so we have this version with three endings." And this version with one ending that we just kind of frame differently. I don't I don't think that I don't think that, that was an EA choice. I think that was Bioware. Could be. I think we can't blame EA for oh, that one. Could be. I mean who who knows? And and I actually would willing be willing to posit myself personally that I think the best way to end this game in retrospect, I don't you know, listen, it may not be, but in my mind's eye it is, is to go to the end this is like a daring option. I could see total backlash against this and fuck all the people who hate this. But um, I would actually prefer that there was no choice at the end for me. And I'd prefer that they talk to that in the game. I just think that would be a cool way of going about it, where it's this choice game that is about how your decisions matter all the way. And at the when you get to the end, it, it it's not about you anymore. It's not about your decision anymore. You're no longer the center. It's the universe. And there's a decision that has to be made. It's already been made and it must be made. I think that is a way you could have gotten away from trying to make sure that this branching path game ends in more branches. I think actually there could have been a beauty to writing around the way that all of the branches do come together because that's the way the cycle is and that's the way the story is told and that's the way it must be if you break it. So they, there's something to be done there. They lightly touch on that. Not exactly what you're saying, but they kind of toss a hat into that ring where with the extended cut DLC they added the option to not pick any of them you can kind of just be like no fuck this like why do I have to choose like why is this like fall on me to like make this big choice for the galaxy that will affect every living creature you know um so I think yeah. it's like before it's like, oh, I just want to destroy the Reapers. And they're like, yeah, you can destroy the Reapers, but it'll also destroy all synthetic life. And it's kind of like, well, fuck. So then there's the 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 choice essentially of non-choice. We're like, no, I refuse to do anything. And that just results in the cycle continuing and the Reapers completing their objective. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. The Reapers will complete their harvest. There's a exactly. beauty. There's like a true beauty in getting to the end of this series. I'm not sure if it's satisfying for the average gamer, which we've talked about a lot in this series that they're trying to cater to, but I think there's a beauty in the cycle continuing regardless of what you do. And, by the way, opens up for Mass Effect 4. I've... <laughs> <laughs> well, so also, I mean, in theory, you could do that with the control ending. Right. <laughs> you could make the ultimate renegade choice. Of becoming the Reapers and then being like, time to continue the harvest. <laughs> <laughs> I think in terms of whittling down the options at the end, they could have done it down to two. Either destroy the Reapers, but I think in that case, not destroying the Geth and like all synthetic life. I think just like, just destroy the Reapers. It's 
I mean, we spent the whole game making this crazy power do- powerful device. I think we can aim it, you know? It doesn't have to kill the okay. guy. Um, <laughs> okay. Versus just continuing the cycle. And, like, then it just shows a scene where, like, the Reapers go and over, like, 100 years just wipe out all life in the galaxy. And then it just continues. So, like, the one choice would be, like, at the end of... You've heard the explanation for why the Reapers yeah. are happening. And then you can make the choice if that is a good thing to continue or not. And then just make... Like, that's the only choice. I don't need, like, half of us to become, like, cyborgs And or apparently that just solves everything, so... Yeah. There like was an ending for the yeah. people that are like not willing to have any sacrifices, you know? Like what if it's perfect? I mean, it's kind of weird, but it's perfect. You're like, "Okay." You know, but like, yeah, I guess I could see a real yeah. bravery in having the question really be the same question that has been presented the entire series, which is that it's beyond your comp- uh, comprehension why this is happening, but then they slowly let you comprehend it. They're trying to tell you the Reapers are here to solve a problem and it's the organic problem. You know what I mean? Like, and it's a problem. Yeah. And so then you get to sit there and grapple with that. And, and you kind of do here, but they also give you that, like, they almost give you a Paragon option. They give you like a blue option. It's in the middle. It's not technically the blue option, but you know what I mean? They like give you the fucking dialogue option that allows you to just use your Paragon points to fucking make it all go away in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think, by reducing the num- like reducing the number of endings like that, then they could have committed more into like showing the difference between the two, and also probably I know that kid like his voice lines were kind of just like meh. I, they they could have replaced Kids that with like general. literally anything. <laughs> kid actors, child <laughs> actors, they don't belong in video games. Get those kids out of my video game. Think about the audience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need a I need a I need to pull up the text that I sent Gabe the first week of Mass Effect three where I was like this isn't gonna have kid shit in it is it question <laughs> mark oh. and <laughs> boy was I boy, wrong were you wrong <laughs> you were also innocent and naive back then yeah just as the child <laughs> actor was when he tried to read his lines um, well the interesting yeah. thing about his dialogue so, act- well okay not the dialogue but his actual voice is that there is some child actor. But his voice is also merged with Mark Mears and Jennifer Hales. So that's why it sounds weird. Okay. Yeah. So his voice is technically three voices at once. Yeah. And they still could barely pull off. Yeah. Lines. But I think because the body is a child, then you like maybe his volume, like the volume on the child voice might be a little louder. Yeah. Also. Yeah. But it makes you like really focus on that. And it's just like some creepy whispers behind his yeah. voice yeah you know? that's why it sounds like super like ethereal yeah 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 so then i mean so we can pull up this text if you can find it but this brings up the question to me of if you were in the suit uh, the shoes of bioware and ea imagine that they existed in the way that you would want in your dreams what is canon in this unit universe anymore do you know what i mean like the, if they were to make a mass effect 4 what happened if it were to be after this, um, they've given you so much player choice and they've managed to wrap it up into three games, but they, they ended it for real. So where are we from a canon perspective and do, could it even possibly exist? And is anyone satisfied if they just take 
a playthrough through this that they deem the right one, the auto choose one, and then they they go to Mass Effect Four. Yeah, considering Shepard lives in the destroy Reapers mm-hmm. option, I think, and I think the story would also be really interesting if you de- made the destroy Reapers mm-hmm. choice, because then it's like, okay, what's after yeah. that then? You know. Right. Um, I think a lot of people were also saying like Shepard living through the destroy Reapers ending and then just like fighting his way back to his crew is like the canon ending of like, I don't know. People were like, I'll totally play a Mass Effect 4 game where it's just Shepard fighting to find his way back to Garrus. I'm totally buying that. And to be honest, yeah. I'd probably totally buy Oh, that. hell yeah. Plus, that's that. what I would have done in real life. <laughs> exactly. And then because the Reapers are gone, then there's like a vacuum, like a power vacuum, right? So then like Krogan Genophage is cured. So like there's all kinds of good stories you can bring by doing that ending. And then like fixing the Mass Effect relays and like all that stuff. So like over time, I think going with the destroy ending it kind of shrinks the universe back down yeah. a bit and Shepard lives and mo- I mean, whoever on your crew lives, lives. So maybe they would just have to reset and be like, all right, screw whatever decisions you made in the first three. We're just going to bring back these characters because they're iconic. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. I mean, when you sell it like that, mm. that could work. That could work. Um, I mean, it's been eight years. I don't think people are really going to care if like their decisions that they made eight years ago are not gonna count in for fact Mass they're gonna 4. be like wait what the fuck that matters <laughs> right exactly <laughs> mccoy's gonna be like i still don't have rest what the fuck? god damn it i was on the other nine. hand i respect i mean <laughs> i respect the storytelling of having shepherd die sure you know i feel like that's just more compelling to me it could set up for what Matt was talking about earlier, where you to pick your race. Yeah, that, that's I mean, another option. Like, Mass Effect, so, but that's like, still, just like, with the assumption of Mass Effect 4. And like, that's not necessarily an assumption that, that like, I mean, I think it would be kind of cool to see the next cycle. I think it would be kind of cool... Uh, to just end it. Sure. You know, it's like, all right, we're done. Yeah. Or what if Shepard becomes the next Javik? <laughs> yeah, dude. So that's the thing, right? If they show the next cycle, they would have to, humans would have to not be there. In fact, all the races that you love would have to not be there except for <laughs> Shepard being the next Javik, which would be fucking <laughs> crazy like that's so insane honestly i only love one of the races in this universe no no krogan hell yeah good answer true well the the other question is which races are considered to be too primitive to the uh oh damn the reapers do we know any that would be considered what if they just uh, throw shade and they get the humans (laughs) that'd be hilarious okay how about how about like the volus (laughs) Like the space dog. Dog. Yeah, the Volus oh, got attacked. <laughs> I think the space yeah. dog. The I think the only one we know for certain 
at least that I I found throughout playing is that for sure the uh, the Yogg were being left alone by the Reapers. Okay. Uh, who are the Yogg? Sorry, I'm like blanking on Shadow the Shadow Burger. Burger. Oh, oh. Race, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, And really, that creature then? that breaks out uh, during the Sirkesh mission. Oh. And they make a comment of saying, there goes the next Shadow Broker. Right, yeah, but... So they're too primitive? Yeah. Huh. Apparently. Yeah, they're not a spacefaring race. Except for the Shadow Broker, who's like... Okay, yeah, he's like everything. Yeah, but he didn't, he didn't leave his homeworld himself. He was kidnapped. Huh. Or captured as yeah. a slave or a trophy. So I wonder what species would be considered primitive if we know any others yeah what about the vorcha <laughs> they did them so dirty this game they're like maybe they're you die now <laughs> <laughs> oh my god dude um okay okay the vorcha are like just the joke of the universe yeah pretty much Except they're not even funny. They're just like the bad guys. And they're not humorous in any way. Yeah, but they're a sick joke. <laughs> yeah, okay. Sh- Shepard would be the next Jeff and be like, oh my god, the Vorcha are still here? Ugh, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, exactly. God damn it. Only them? <laughs> fuck. It's yeah. just Vorcha and Varen. No, yeah, it's, 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 it's just the Vorcha and the Blue Suns. Like... <laughs> <laughs> the blue <sides. laughs> oh my god okay 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 i think we are finally there i did not forget matt this is your mass effect tier list section before we pass it to you okay yeah so why don't we just like go through rank the three games in different categories so i think first one why don't we do like just the overall why don't we do characters like which of these three games had your favorite set of character, like uh, uh, partners, teammates? Um, yeah. Wh- which was your favorite? Okay, I'll take a stab. So I'll take a stab. Well, you but you know, listen, I'm still processing. So if after everyone else has spoken and they're all right and I'm all wrong, I can accept that. Um, I actually <laughs> think one. I think one. I want to go with one and it's not because they had the most good characters and boy, do they have some junky characters in there, but it's just that I think I, I really appreciated all of that. And I actually really liked talking to them all in between each mission. And I liked, I think they did a lot of explanatory backstory stuff in one that I think has still borne fruit in two and three, right? You learned so much about the Koreans. I think the Koreans were the, by far the coolest in one, like in two and three, they were like kind of nothing to me, and so much so that I sacrificed their whole race. I mean, by the way, I did not do that. They chose to continue to fight, even though I told them stop. Just to clarify, <laughs> McCoy's still I'm so salty. fucking salty. This you is the second that. time Mass Effect has pointed to you me. You did that, and you killed Rex. Oh, you exactly. did that, and That's you killed saying. Rex. That's what I'm saying. This is the second time the game points to me, like I can't believe you've done that, and I'm like, I didn't fucking do that. They did that, but anyways. But moving on, but moving you did on. do that. I, I'm willing to say, and I'm curious to hear what other people think, and I might be wrong, but I really liked the way that the universe was built in one, and I think that is done in the characters and in their races and in their backstories. And as they continued to improve combat mechanics and other such things, I think they still um, relied on and benefited from the incredible storytelling that was done in one. 
that's 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 where I want to go. The world building was done in one. So so I I guess maybe one, two, three. Curious to hear what other people think. For your character yeah. list. Uh yeah, that's a good point. I think um for the for one, I think if those character if those like teammates had failed, then the whole series never would have gotten right. off the ground. So I think like Rex, Garrus, Liara, I think those three are probably the were the strongest characters. What about Ashley, bro? That really like made uh... <laughs> doing my girl dirty. Oh my <laughs> yeah. But I think them introducing like the fact that their strongest characters were aliens, I think that really made like the whole rest of the series so focused on really interesting like species relations and things like that. And I think those those characters were good examples of the, like each of their species. Like they kind of all had their differences and they kind of matched with what their species were actually like. I personally would probably put two ahead of it though. Just because of the sheer number of them. I really Regret not having Rex in two, but um, I think there were a lot of other really cool characters that they added to it. So I think just in terms of numbers and content, it kind of outweighs um, Even one. if they tied up half. And then three, they just added like a bunch of shit characters. <laughs> so it was God, like, yeah. so true, though. <laughs> <laughs> they they had like there's I would never put three ahead of one in terms of the characters because they have the same good characters and then just added a bunch of shit characters and is in the same game that they claim to be like really honing in on on your character relationships uh so would you agree with that or do you would are you the one that's gonna put three ahead uh i'm gonna put two as my in the forefront of my ranking um I think part of it has to do with the sheer volume of characters it introduces, but what I appreciated about it was the character development it did with its existing characters as well. Granted, this also helps when you have a DLC. In fact, like I think Liara's character would not have been as apparent if I didn't have the Shadow Broker DLC to accompany Hey, you can talk to me about that. (laughs) So true, though. Liara's Uh, character was terrible in Mass Effect 2. (laughs) Which I I can totally agree with, because all she has you do is just activate consoles. Fetch quests. Yep. Yep. Fetch quests. But um, I don't know. I, I love what they did with all of the existing characters in Mass Effect 2 in terms of you rediscovering them added on with the storyline of you being dead for two years. So you get to see these characters motivations and their feelings about you being back. Um, I, I think that the game did an excellent job at just creating and expanding upon all of the characters that it, uh, that it had in mass effect Two. So I probably, I'd probably do two then one then three. If I were okay. to rank, James, so pretty. Yeah, you've jumped so far. in. You've had a very different experience than the rest of us with characters in this game. Um, 
I can't even begin to predict what you yeah. would say here because of how different your experience has been. So what do you think? Um, for characters, I would say two is the best game in terms of characters. Um, I think that the loyalty missions, um, allowed you to see actual character growth in the people around you, um, to learn about their backstories and their motivations. It provided, um, much needed depth and, and intrigue. It, established the alien races as actually distinctly different from humans. Um, and like, yeah, so the Asari are like genetically different from humans, but it's really just like a male fantasy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> turned into an entire species of aliens. So I don't really count that as different from humans. Um, and, um, yeah, I think I think that that was really I think that what they did with like specifically Jack, I really think that her loyalty mission was one of the high points of of character writing in in the series. Um and uh I uh and uh, a lot of other things that happened in that game were like, wow, oh, that's cool. Like uh, Grunt's loyalty mission, I really enjoyed. Um, yeah. So that game was first in terms of characters. And then um, I actually really liked what they did with the characters, especially when characters came back in um, Mass Effect 3. So I'm going to put that second and then one. They definitely did a lot of, you could call it fan service, but whatever it is, they did a lot of tying up loose ends. And do you remember these people? And here's where they are right now in three. Like a lot of that. Yeah. They did so, do a lot of that. So that's definitely nice. Um, Gabe, what, what do you what do you think? I'm I'm curious. We've given you the most time to think, so you have the, obviously the right answer. Um, <laughs> I mean, for the official <laughs> for me, it's of tyranny of thumbs. In terms of like, uh, it, it's it's. I mean, I like different aspects of all the games in regards to the characters. Like, I love. Javik, but he was only in three. Um, right. You know, I love Liara, but she was absent pretty much from two. But in regards to like, I don't know. I'm, I'm just going to say uh, Mass Effect 1 because that introduces you essentially to your core cast of characters. And it's like just so it's just such an experience like meeting them and then starting your adventures with them. Um, I guess added to for at least for me and even us at this time, since all the game is already out, knowing that you meet them and you're going to have, you know, essentially three games worth of adventures with them. Um, but yeah, just like the first game, just meeting this cast of characters and, you know, falling Falling in love romantically with Liara and falling in love bromantically with Garrus and Rags. <laughs> that just tops the list for me. And the fact that you get to use them 
all three of them through the whole game. Unlike in the uh, in the other games where Garrus, yeah, you can use him pretty much for the whole games. But, you know, Liara where she's not in two except for the DLC. And then same with Rex in three. Where you get to use him for like two missions in the Citadel DLC. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That sounds good. So then uh, another category, uh, I would say, how about like planet design or like kind of like the mission zone design? Like which which planets really popped out to you? Which which were like the most interesting planets, do you think, in terms of like game by game? Is it controversial to say that I think they did kind of a bad job in all games but that's not not a terrible job but just not a fantastic job in all games and i think they were somewhat salvaged by their ability to have incredible skyboxes slash backdrops that they added starting in two and then really realized with three yeah i still feel i i would include the skybox as part of right and it totally should be i'm just saying that um i never felt that they got the player space to match it um in any of the games but i do think they with adding the skyboxes they really did add another level so then in that case it might just be linear it might just be three two one right in the sense of they just got better as the series went on yeah for me it's like player hub wise like you can you go to this planet and there's no combat you're going around like doing mission stuff Hmm. and talking to people for me that's mass effect 2 was the, the best one for that because they had variety, like it had, uh, like Omega, um, and Ilium, Tachanka. Tachanka, yeah. Right, but like Ilium. I loved, right. Fucking Ilium I loved cool. Ilium. Yeah. Ilium was like my favorite, um, and I I liked Omega as well. Um, but in regards to like this, the backdrops and uh, location settings for missions, three takes the cake for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for. Th- for uh, three, like Sir Kesh and the Moon for Paladin, yeah. those mm-hmm. were like beautiful areas. Same with Tachanka. I think for me, yeah, it's probably three, two, one. Um, though I will say I did love that Earth was mirrored in one. That was hilarious. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but that's Can my. I- Best skybox in the game, okay. right there. <laughs> Can I play devil's advocate for one second and say that I really loved um, some of the planets that you had to ride the Mako around? All right, get him out of here. <laughs> that is some real devil's advocate shit. Right there. <laughs> I thought, I thought that that it was um, interesting. Like, I thought that the design of those levels was actually well done for what they were trying to do where they were very linear, um, but they all, like, the... It was fun to drive past, like, lakes of lava. Like, that was just cool and interesting. Is it fair to to say that because you could get out on some of these planets, something that they removed from the rest of the series, it added an extra level of, of maybe intrigue to the universe, but whether they realized it perfectly in that game, yeah. but they didn't continue it. 
you know, you just scanned. Yeah, absolutely. I thought that that was a really great aspect of Mass Effect 1, and and I, I didn't think that they created the same level of kind of environmental depth that that they had in Mass Effect 1 and in any of the other games in terms of like you knew that you couldn't leave the the Mako because you were right next to a pretty cool looking lake of lava um and then like 100 feet away you could get out which was bullshit but it's, it's a video game it's fine <laughs> video games. um I don't know. I don't I don't necessarily think that it was the best planets, but I think that that was a really excellent like aspect of that game that that like the driving mechanics of the Mako kind of took away from because you were always distracted from the environment by flipping over by accident. Um but like the way that they guided you through those environments, I I really appreciated. Um, yeah. What do you think, Zoe? So I'm in agreement with Gabe. I think I liked the actual world exploration into um, just being able to see these before fabled planets of like Tuchanka and Ilium and being able to see them in the flesh was really awesome. Um, however, I do like the actual mission space of three a lot better. And I think part yeah. of that has to do with the introduction of elevation changes in three. The fact that in one and two, you're kind of on a single plane as you're going throughout the space. And in three, they introduce ladders. And jumping. And <laughs> yeah, that's <stairs>. new fangled <laughs> technology. <laughs> so, I don't know. That that kind of added to, to the, I guess, uh, immersion of the space. Also, I just thought three did a better job at making the space seem larger than it actually was. Absolutely. Um, there'd be a couple times where I felt like I felt kind of overwhelmed with how much there was to quote unquote explore when really it was just like a straight track. So um, I, I think that was especially evident in like the Omega DLC. You go through these mines in Omega and uh, I think the, the mining design that they do down there is really cool just with just these, you know, spaces upon spaces of mining carts and, uh, all of these, I don't know, treadmill type places that they have all these mining ore uh, conveyor belts. That's the thing, not treadmills. But anyway, kind of treadmill. the point is <laughs> <laughs> they, they have really cool, I guess, environmental uh, design there that I really appreciated that they just didn't really have in one or two. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, surely, Matt, combat's got to be on this ranking list somewhere, right? Wait, 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 I didn't actually answer the question. Oh, really? I was just appreciating Mass okay. Effect. I will 1. say on that topic, James. No, I think I that Mass really Effect think you make a great point about the way that Mass Effect. Let's yeah. Okay, sorry. Go on. No, but I just I totally agree with what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, I I think that Mass Effect One might win, but it's really close with Mass Effect Three. Um, just 
exploring Mass Effect 3's areas on foot was so much better to me than any of the other games. It made it so much more enjoyable to play um, through most of the combat sequences. The world and navigating through it. So I think that that one probably wins. For me, one reminds me a lot of Knights of the Old Republic. Um, I think, though, it's really similar. Like, they do, like, each planet has a different, like, weather pattern, basically. You know, I think that's how they differentiate in one. But then. I don't want to put it higher than the others because some I felt like some of those planets, like Pharos, was just like kind of this ugly gray texture. Like I don't know, there were there were a couple planets what? that I felt like they were just yeah. blah. Yeah. Um. So I would probably put it three, two, one. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So then, keeping. This this one's I think slightly okay. connected. What do you guys think was the best Ooh, Citadel great version? Great question. Fuck. Of, I could the games. not get over the fact that the Citadel changed every time, despite the fact that there's more Citadel to see. And so in my heart, it feels like one is the best, despite it's probably the worst. Like, but I just couldn't get over the fact that it changed and what that says about me as a person, I will leave up to the audience to fucking decipher. <laughs> but no, I think you I made agree. a good point though, McCoy. Cause like I, yeah, I felt like every time, every single new mass effect, when you'd go to the Citadel and it's like, we've got a new layout. You're just like tripping through time. You're like, no, wait, I just got used to the old yeah, version. Why? <laughs> yeah. I mean, realistically like two was it was barely even there mm-hmm. yeah you could go to like True. counselor uh or you could go to like udina or Udina's anderson office. office depending on who you chose you go to their office and then like i don't even remember what else there was yeah you you couldn't even go to like the council yeah. chamber anymore i think that was the big one for me it's like you can't go to kind of like these areas that you learned are actually like pretty important, like being able to go to the council area or like this old CSEC offices and things like that. Yeah. The the fact that they removed so much from the Citadel from one to two was so jarring to me. Yeah. And they kind of, right. It almost made me seem like I didn't unlock everything. Like I was going around trying to see if I maybe mm. needed to like activate something to unlock more of the Citadel or something. But yeah, no, I okay, I remember I looked it up and now two two was like the his office and then like the the wards where it's just like the those three levels yeah. of like shopping oh, basically yeah. shopping stores. Okay, I'm Commander Shepard. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it was probably the most meme yeah. worthy. Yeah, but uh. <laughs> Yeah, it was just like, hey, here's, you know, some stores, but it felt hollow compared to Mass Effect 1's Citadel, where you could explore this vast space, and you could see, like, different areas and how vastly different they were, like the Presidium versus 
like the Chora's Den area and like the market. Right. But but yeah, I'd probably go one three yeah, two. I agree with that. But mine. but but to a point that Gabe has made previously that I think still stands here. One of the very interesting things they do with the three Citadel, whether you like the layout or not, whether you like what they showed you there or not, when they add more and more and more people as the universe is collapsing, that's a really cool progression. Right? And that's why I'm putting three above one, actually. I personally thought that Mass Effect 3's Citadel had a little more variety to it to really show, I guess, like the metropolitanness of the Citadel. I don't know. Mm. One Citadel is cool, but really you just kind of got the dissonance of like the upper Citadel versus the lower Citadel. And so you kind of knew like lower Citadel was like the more like sleazy, like dark areas. Yeah. Whereas... I don't know. Three's Citadel definitely just seemed more city-like in that you have your hospital, you've got your political ward area, you've got your shopping ward area, and you've got your, like, refugees, which yeah. I thought was cool. Yeah, it had a certain depth to it where yeah. you, it was cool to see all the refugees coming in as the game progressed and everyone's, like, getting more and more, like, you know, distraught. And then to also in the contrast of that, go to the Presidium and to see, you know, the the social elite of the Citadel is kind of being up there all posh, like, oh, you know, Reapers, uh, they're not real. Like, this, it's yeah. just a minor <laughs> threat. They'll, you know, the military will handle it. And as the game progresses, you can see them get more and more stressed, but there's still, like, such a disconnect between them. Voldemort's not <laughs> back. <laughs> yeah, but you still see that disconnect between them and, like, the like the quote unquote like average Joes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And also to be honest, I got lost in the first Citadel yeah. so many times. Oh yeah. Like because the map was kind of yeah. trash. <laughs> and so yeah. like I d I don't know. Like Three's I feel like one straightforward. <laughs> one reason that you can kind of like fall in love with the Citadel in Mass Effect One is that like it's impossible to tell your way around it. So you just have to spend like four hours just exploring yeah. the damn place in order to figure out what the I fuck totally is going on. I totally agree with that, but I would just like to pause and then, it. Like, that none... And then like you kind of Stockholm syndrome yourself into that place <laughs> and you're like, I'm stuck here and I love this. That's possible. That's um, a hot take. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's my hot take on... on uh, is it possible on the entire place. Mass Effect I think is like that? Absolutely. You're just trapped within Mass Effect <laughs> 1 and you just learned to love it. And you talk to that fucking Elcor and he's Stockholm like telling syndrome. you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, um I I would I would go three one two myself. Um but it's very close between three okay. and one. Um I think that there are a lot of benefits to the Mass Effect one Citadel, like the kind of con- I want to say it's like it's a fairly continu- contiguous space that you can explore, and I think that's cool. Um, as opposed to like the floors of Mass Effect Three, which I felt like were kind of like they made it way easier to get around, but um, felt a little bit. I don't know like ridiculous and in, in the actual gameplay of just like 
All right, now I'm going to run over to the elevator again. All right, now I'm going to run over to the elevator again. Um, but I think that the spaces that it created were pretty good. Uh, kind of self-contained areas. So, benefits to both. Yeah. And I barely remember Mass Effect 2's Citadel, so that one gets third. Yeah. So what's what's your ranking, McCoy? Tough. Um, um, yeah, like I said, it's weird. It feels like they established the universe in one in a really strong way. And I'm the more I reflect on it, the more I realize that I think that that's kind of like how they set the tone for everything. And so even when they chose to improve certain things, it confused me in a way because I was like, this is the Citadel, you know, like this is the Citadel. I'm, I'm looking at it. Um, but even the Citadel in later games have way better um, backdrops, right? Like the, the skyboxes, as we've, as we've talked about them, they're incredible in 3, um, just like everything else. They're, they're awesome. Mm -hmm. they're, they're great. Um, and there's a Garrus scene at the top of the Citadel in 3. Like there's a lot. <laughs> and it's a great scene. <laughs> so, um, fuck. Putting it down there's to the it, scene though. where you broke Caden's heart in the Citadel. There's the scene <laughs> yes. where I just continue to ignore um, Liara's advances in the Citadel. Like <laughs> you've quite the history with the so Citadel. But there's also me, you know, in theory, in the streamlined Citadel that's supposed to be so much better and so much easier to navigate because you just go to the elevators. I was continually struggling to find the NPCs that I needed to talk to in that Citadel. So there's also that. And I would posit mm. that none of the maps in any of these games were ever good. Um, and so... So next, which have they said? <laughs> I know, none of them. They're all <laughs> trash. They, like, didn't learn from any of the... It's, yeah, anyways, yeah. Um, I think I will go... One, three, two. And that's only because in when I played one the first time, the way that my mind wrote the rest of the Citadel was really glorious and grand. And I still think that the way that they portrayed it in that game um, inspired me more, maybe. Um, but it's a personal thing. And I definitely liked that they brought it back in 3, and it definitely needed to be the key component of the game. And even though in 2 it doesn't play into the story yet, you don't realize that it's going to be, not the catalyst, but close, you know? It's very important, it turns out. Um, <laughs> but it, I think it's just important symbolically to the game. And it's just beautiful that it's there. And for them to do it so dirty in two, it's like, I'll never forgive them. You know what I mean? Um, mm, yeah. Anyways, yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. How about um, which game had the best Normandy? I feel like two and three had such similar ones as the only thing. Yeah, I would say they are similar, but the fact that they didn't use the um, the Citadel DLC when you're on shore leave and they're making their repairs to the ship, the fact that they didn't spruce it up after that, <laughs> I was kind of like, seriously, what? why was I even on shore leave? What were you doing? <laughs> exactly. It was all internal, obviously. I like yeah. Mass Effect 3's better than Mass Effect 2's because I could entirely ignore whole parts of the ship and it 
wouldn't really impact my gameplay, except that Cortez died, but whatever. Fuck that guy. Oh, damn. <laughs> damn. Cold I, I would put two... I mean, I don't know anything about him because I never talked to him. I would put two as my first one because I think having all the crew members that you had, you were able to fill it out a lot better, I think. I think part of the for three, it just feels empty. That is true. Especially when most of the characters die and then it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, this is where Thane hung out, but he died. True. Yeah. But is that a case though for the yeah, Normandy map or is that just a case of there's less companions in this game? Well, I, I think it is a case for the Normandy because even if they didn't put the characters in there, I think they should have still done something with the space because like the life support room was just empty for the whole game you know like it yeah. felt like they didn't well it's life support it's not it intended like... for you to hang out in <laughs> well there's a table in there you know but so... it's like why is it even there if there's nothing because you need life support yeah <laughs> <laughs> it, it just felt like there were too many rooms like that where it was like there's nothing to do in that room. Like why like Jack's not in the base in like the bottom of the ship, so why would I ever go down there other than get to get my hamster? Yeah. You know? Is that There's where the hamster, hamster down is? There? Yeah. Yeah, the yep. hamster hides down there. Damn it. I did buy that. I could just could never find it in my ship. <laughs> oh. I did not buy that. Well, so I think you buy it in two and then you it escapes at some point, and then in three you can find it in the bottom of the ship. And capture oh, it yeah. again. Well, I didn't buy it in. It's the same thing so. for all any of the uh, um, the ship like models you get into. You find them spread out across oh, your ship in yeah. three. <laughs> yeah. Didn't buy those yep. either. Yep, that's like that's like the exploration I... payoff for in three. You just run around and get all those collectibles. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. I think I'll agree with Matt though. I think. Normandy wise, I'd go like two, three, one, probably. Only because two is more filled out. Yeah. That's yeah. super fair. I I think I would actually this is maybe kind of cheap, but I just thought that the deck, the main deck, like where the galaxy map is, is so fucking rad in three. I just I love the lighting. It reminds me of like a submarine. Like it just reminds me of like this is our fucking bed. Do you mean the war no. room? Like where the no, I mean the, the galaxy. Oh, you mean yeah. the? Although I did like the oh, war okay. room, all right. Um, and I think that is also reminiscent of a submarine. But like the way that the lights are kind of dim in that room, but you see all the consoles like with this orange light that's like kind of highlighting stuff. It's just very atmospheric. So that room in particular. Yeah, that's cool. I think I really liked in three. So is that? I enough? agree with you. Three is my favorite. Oh, really? Mm. What, what's your list, Gabe? Mm. I'm curious. Uh, it would probably be 3, 2, 1. Okay. Okay. A huge... All right, what about quest system? A huge proponent, though, for 3, uh, for the Normandy for me, is that you can finally buy a VI to feed your fish for you. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> that is actually a lifesaver because I was so sick of my fish dying. <laughs> Literally Dude, it's so a lifesaver. It's Saving so funny though because like 
as the player, you opt into this mini game that sucks when the mini game is feed the fish. And so I actively chose not to opt into that mini game by not buying fish. It wasn't like an accident. I like actively chose not to buy fish after they all died. And I felt like I won the game, <laughs> the mini game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, however, it was. Uh... I, I won the mini game. I won the mini game in the first place by being like, I don't want any fucking fish on my spaceship. What the fuck I is this? I will say that it's hilarious in two, coming back from the suicide mission, everyone survives, and then coming back to find your fish are all dead. <laughs> You're like, damn. <laughs> You're just like, no. True. True. Okay. Um, What about the game endings? Mm. Which Which game did you feel like ended the the cleanest, the best. Sure. Can I go first? Sure. I think Mass Effect 1 ended the best. Go on. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. that's that's all I got. I think Mass Effect 1 ended the best, and then Mass Effect 2, and then Mass Effect Okay, 3. interesting. Interesting. Anyone else agree with that? Uh, I would go a little different. I would, I think two was my favorite mm. ending of the three games. Uh, and then, ooh, one or three. It's tough. The fact that they're even arguably equal. I completely agreed. Concerning. Completely <laughs> agreed. I think that says so much. I actually think looking at these. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, Mass Effect 2 is the one that ends with the Reapers yeah. coming in, right? Oh, I yeah. got it wrong. Mass Effect 2 is the best one, and then 1 okay. and then 3. That's no, no, right. yeah. It's, um, I would be willing to pause it here, but I'm not, like, it's not a strong feeling, but I don't think that the endings to any of these games were quite as strong as I wanted them to be. Not that they were bad, you know, but is that fair? Like, I... Well, some of them were Well, okay, bad. yeah, right, sure, sure. <laughs> but, like... I mean, Mass Effect's two ending is is pretty solid, and, but it, but then it just the fact that they undo so much in the beginning of three based on the ending, like kind of, I don't know if that's fair for me to cheapen Mass Effect 2's ending because three does it so dis such a disservice, like such such a, such a disrespect to that choice at the end, and such a disrespect to all that it's built of that character of of the elusive man and Cerberus, like feels like it undoes it a little to me. I think you should also... probably interpret it from the time that you consume it and then maybe not think about like the implications in other games. That's okay. kind of how I'm. So then what are you thinking in that? Mm. Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking about the. I'm thinking I'm going two one. Uh, the thing is, I'm kind of on the fence between whether I want to do one or three as my second ranking if that makes sense so what happened yeah, in one like so we yeah. killed Saren, killed sovereign and then made udina the chancellor or the counselor because screw that guy we didn't make him the counselor though well the correct <laughs> decision was to make him the counselor. canon ending if you would fair <laughs> Don't let the boy yeah. go through that. That's the Yeah, I guess <laughs> if they if they could have rewritten it, it wouldn't have been a choice. <laughs> I think in that regards though, I think I'm gonna honestly go two three one. 
because I honestly, I, the first ending wasn't bad. It just kind of was a typical video game formulaic ending where it's just defeat the bad boss. Oh, is he dead? No, he emerges from rubble. He's okay. And you are a hero. Yeah. Play the fanfare. Yeah. Um, I think the thing I liked about two, two, well, the thing I liked about two's ending is a, the cliffhanger of the reapers coming in. Cause I think Gabe said it before, but like the reapers coming in before it cuts to black is like a great visual to kind of end on. Um, plus everything leading up to that in the collector, uh, collector based suicide mission is it kind of leaves you on a high that you kind of ride through towards the end. I felt in very high spirits all throughout mm-hmm. two's ending. Um, yeah. three's ending. So like controversial opinion, but I didn't think the ending Whoa. was all that bad. Now, granted, <laughs> I'm <laughs> <Get her out. laughs> I'll I'll caveat that with saying, A, I didn't have to wait loads of time in between all of these games. I got to play them back to back to back. Plus, I never was given any promises from game developers. And also, yes, I had DLC that I played through. So lots of caveats. But like, I don't know. I thought it was a fitting end to the franchise, given everything. Uh, And I liked also the cliffhanger at least in my case that I ended on of Shepard giving like a breath before it cuts to black and just kind of having that finality of everyone you know being okay at the end one just kind of was I kind of forget what one was like because it was so unmemorable yeah yeah Yeah. like Anderson be the counselor okay close-up of if Shepherd. i could categorize it it was like one was the ending of like will there be a series and then two was ending like there's a fucking series and then three was ending like the series is done you know like that's kind of like yeah, the vibe. that's the True. thing it's like yeah. yeah you got rid of some like dialogue at the end of of one it could have almost been its own game and it could have wrapped up yeah as yeah. an end true like if you just got rid of them and they designed it that way in case right. it yeah was. i mean minus the part where they're like the reapers are coming we have to like unite and be ready which you know yeah if they got rid of that and it would have been like it was an isolated threat boom done you saved the day congratulations but then it's also kind of a slap in the face of that end too because in at the beginning of two it's like oh we swept it all under the rug reapers aren't real it was geth shepherd's a crazy person <laughs> Yeah. So it's like the the ending was now. yeah the ending was almost kind of negated yeah yeah they did a lot of ending negation in this game All right in this series yeah they did a lot so next we want to talk about sure. combat so which game do you think had the Oof. best combat McCoy? um I want to say two which is very weird because like if you like analyze it i feel like it had like a lot less um enemy uh, variety and a lot of repetitive combat design like fuck am i gonna say one here here okay i'm gonna make controversial opinion i might say one <laughs> no no, no. Right, I, so, censor yourself i'm gonna fucking say one here 
so can we just can we caveat this with McCoy is using a PC mod for controller support that may or may not have been terrible for P- for True. Mass Effect True. Three. Um, but I was try and, and and I don't know if it was or wasn't, but I was trying to get to the original experience, which was on a controller, and you had no choice. Um, now it's possible that in the effort to do that, I fucked my own shit up. Listen, that's totally possible. <laughs> um, but uh, I would put that on EA and myself together in a hybrid joint dance to destroy this game's combat. I guess. Um, but I I might say one, and here's my case. Um, one has the least, and I don't like the combat in this series very much for me, personally. Um, and I think they started to rely on the combat more and more and more as the series went on because it was better, in quotes, in terms of it was uh, tighter, more enjoyable, the weapons were better. These are all pluses, right? Um, these are all positives in the pro category. But to me, it did not overshadow the fact that I was not interested in the combat, really, truthfully, over what else this game had to offer. I'm, I don't sit there and ponder the ramifications of the combat sequences, but I do the rest of the game. And as a result, I actually think the combat took a lot away from this game, in my personal opinion, um, for me, uh, because there was so much of it and because they were so proud of how much better it was that they continually repetitively threw it at you over and over and over again. And whether it was you were killing Mercs or whether it was you were killing Collector, whatever, or you're killing Reaper Tech, whatever hybrids it's just that they threw it at you a lot and it was very predictable and it was very formulaic and it was very uninteresting especially because i actually think they did a better and better and better job at realizing all the different possible powers that you could get in this game but because they lock you into a build one build no matter which build you choose it's a very repetitive combat experience whereas if you had given me all the tools and i could fuck around with them at will then i think i might have had a little more variety of experience but even then there was just so much combat here and it wasn't what I came here for. And they gave me more and more and more as the series went on. And so maybe in some weird fucked up way, the more RPG the combat was, the more archaic backwards it was in one, they left room for the rest of the Mass Effect game that I actually liked at a high level. Um, that would be my case. So it might literally be one, two, three. I think I'm going to have to go with two. Two, then three, then one. And I think that it just has to deal with the RPG elements, to be quite honest. Um, I liked my preset loadout in two. <laughs> the guns were kind of shit to start with, but once you got some upgraded guns, they were good. The collector beams <laughs> OP, at least in casual mode. <laughs> True. <laughs> um... I don't know. I I just felt like my. I I think also if we're talking about combat, are we also talking about like the maneuverability around fair. the map as you fair. do combat? Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I found it to be a lot more smoother into the introduction of dodge rolls and cover changes in three while in. Foresight is a good implementation to have in a combat game. The way it was implemented was very janky. I think 
everyone could see in my Citadel DLC playthrough. Like, there'd be plenty of times where I try to interact with an object and instead I just dodge roll into a wall or like... (laughs) Um, I found found it to be very frustrating in that sense. Um, So therefore, I think I like twos. And then ones... Ones is hilarious because I just never used abilities. I just used guns. And I think I was relatively shooting in the vicinity of Geth and they die. So good on me. Like, (laughs) I guess it's working. Um, I don't know. The the combat was just kind of a non-issue for me in one and kind of forgettable. Yeah. And and just to, to add a little bit, it's like in one, it's like I never expected the combat to be good. It was so ridiculously trash that it was just like a different thing. It was just like, oh, there's like a weird game here. But as they improved it, right, it almost has to then stand toe to toe with games that are actually good at combat. And I don't think it does. Like if you make the comparison to Gears doesn't you know what i'm saying and i felt like it got closer and closer to gears and the closer it got to gears you sit there and go but it's not gears though and it's really not gears though you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. what about j dot money which is what i refer to him over text message how did you feel about the combat yeah so um i would say that maneuvering around the world got infinitely better in three um for me and that made the whole combat experience less frustrating in all ways except for the enemy design, which they just, I don't know. Because because the com- because I totally agree with McCoy, I think that it, they made enemies that were basically just bullet sponges in a lot of cases in in like a bad way um i'm still gonna go with three as the best um but because i i thought that uh the shooting felt better and the climbing over things felt not ass um Yeah, um, one, I, I, I do kind of hear you that like one is like the combat was barely even a thing because it, it didn't even really feel like combat in a lot of cases, but I do remember that some of that was because I would just save every 10 seconds, (laughs) um, so that I wouldn't have to play things again. And in three, um... They implemented an autosave feature that actually worked, which was nice. Um, but it meant that I wasn't thinking about saving a lot. And also they had these ridiculously long combat sequences that I had to play like five times because uh, maybe I'm bad at it or maybe it's just fucking banshees. Um, <laughs> but uh, we'll put it on a t-shirt. Fucking slash, banshees. you know. Yeah, there was a lot of yelling that happened in yeah. all of these games. Oh, my God. Actually. And, and having a glitch in Mass Effect 1 that would literally cause you to replay like 30 minutes, that's a yell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. True. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. <laughs> how, 
Yeah. So okay. three, one, two. So, yeah. What do you think, Gabe? Uh, for me, it's three, two, one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I would also go three, two, one. And I would put three ahead of two because I really think they made the powers feel way better in three. Just like the speed, the speed of projectiles. And then I think they made the cooldowns faster as well. It just feels really... Uh, I don't know if the shooting is better, but in terms of power usage, I felt like that was much better. True. And on that note, actually, I did like the concept of weapon weight equaling cooldown mm -hmm. reduction. Yeah, yeah, that was that cool, was too. Cool. Yeah. That but cool again, idea. if they had had some way for you to not run out of ammo <laughs> i mean they kind of did but it was just like <laughs> ammo cartridges literally littered across every possible surface right and every enemy oh that's that's the other comparison the between two and three is the scarcity of ammo in two versus three yeah, is dude. night and day that's probably a good change probably right like that was a big yeah, change, actually. Yeah, because like fuck the ammo scarcity. Like I was a soldier with four different guns, and I was still running out of ammo. And it's like I was just like sitting there going like, "Are these dudes with two guns like suffering right now?" I don't know. I don't know, but maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Any other? Uh, yes. Topics. Or okay. Wait. Just... I have one. I have one uh, more tier list that I think okay. we should all go through. And Matt, that's one that actually I, I've been told that you and Gabe love tier lists and are, are all about tier lists and have always loved it uh, for games oh and different characters and this, that, and the other. And so there's one more tier list I want to go over here before we're done. And that is Matt. I want to start with you. Tier list of podcast members. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Do you remember back in the day when somehow now listen there's leaks in the real world and there's leaks in our small little friend group but there's a leak that came out where somehow matt's tier list surfaced and made its way and his tier list was ranking podcast members this podcast based on their contribution based on their ability <laughs> wait who i don't remember this fair enough so matt about? if this is a totally novel idea to you right if you had to rate podcast members now, you've been a little bit further, uh, closer to the process, right? You understand now how it is. Uh, do you have an updated tier list? Um, because I don't recall being on the top, the first one. So, you know. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. I mean, no. What? I... I, I don't know. You don't have me to. I'm spot, so kidding. But, um, dude, someday, Matt, can we pull out your original <laughs> tier list and just all laugh about it? I couldn't find it. Wait, I I actually don't remember. Can anyone remember what the fuck it was, dude? Who? who I, think I think Gabe, Gabe was, was one. one. Is the only thing I remember. Yeah, I think Gabe was Probably number Zoe, one. Zoe I remember two. Adam was last. And I want to say Zoe too. It. Oh, you mean like way back yes. when you guys yes, first started? Dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, I remember that now. I don't remember what the, my ranking was, but oh yeah, I think Gabe was at my. Oh yeah. yeah, I think Gabe's contribution to this podcast is a plus. You'd romance him any day. He comes in with these great, these great quips. His sultry voice—it's just 
like perfect podcast content <laughs> totally agreed dude i remember literally <laughs> thanks oh. matt you'll get your money soon <laughs> dude literally matt i don't think you were listening at this point in time but we were literally like debating it on the podcast of like you know i just don't know about that and i think when i recreate i was like saying it on the podcast the first time and i recall like saying it to the listeners the first time like this is what the tier list is a friend of our name matt made um he doesn't know that we're saying this but we're saying this anyways and then i told i said it out loud and James just paused and says, you know, the time you said it the first time, I was actually fourth, not fifth. And this time you said it when I was fifth and you put me above or below you. Like, what's the deal? And we like literally argued on air like, no, I don't think that's the way it was. And it was actually the silliest shit ever. Um, that's it. I'm fucking done. Should we rate this game and get out of here? I just I just wanted the wriggle just slightly for that. Oh, yeah. Let's rate <laughs> Awesome. Let's rate it. Okay. Matt, how about with? you? Also, remind me what what are the okay? Yeah, sorry, I should, I should, I should never get? start with guests. That's actually so sin. Matt, you have been on this podcast for <laughs> how long? <laughs> it's true though, but dude, has anyone noticed that I start with guests Nine and I weeks. fuck them over real bad? I want to start with them because I want to make sure they have all the points they could possibly make. No one takes any of their points. They have freedom to say anything they want, and all they ask me is, "What's the rating system?" Everyone, and I'm like, "Fuck, god damn it!" <laughs> so the rating system is this. I'll go first. I'll go first. Okay, okay. The rating system is thumb down, two thumbs no. down if you're a rebel, no thumbs, <laughs> thumb up, two thumbs up, gold star. That's it. No rebel. <laughs> and that's it. Okay, got it. McCoy doesn't believe that people have two thumbs that can point at the ground, so... Just to defend myself, no one was ever making a distinction. If they didn't like a game, they were literally like, no one was like, I double don't like dislike this game. That just didn't exist. You know, it's like you don't. Yeah, but that doesn't that doesn't mean it shouldn't be on the scale. No, right on there. It's kind of awkward. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. That's the rating system. It's like it's like when you know. It's like an Uber. It's like one to five. Nobody ever gives somebody a mm. two. It's like either it's one, three, four, five. Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? But two still got to be there or else so, nobody would use three. And it so would be one, four, Elena. five. Poor Elena listens to all these podcasts. And at the end of the year, she she collates all the ratings and she tries to put them into a nice spreadsheet. And some people like to be rebels and they like to destroy the <laughs> um, hierarchy and taxonomy that exists. And those people um, don't get goodie bags at the party. Renegade. <laughs> so the truth is truthfully. Renegade playthrough. <laughs> Renegade podcast. Where is it? Next. Elena, if okay. you're finally a use for Elena, if you're listening to this, which I know you will be, at the end of the year and you make those trophies, I want the most renegade trophy. Ooh, Thank you. Write that down. Ooh. Write that down. Okay. So the point of the story is that yeah, thumbs down, no write thumbs. Write that down then don't give it to him. Oh, that would be a renegade no, move. Yeah, it would. Oh God, can yeah. we do best Paragon Renegade games? In which case I think they got progressively worse as the series went on. Because three's mm. Paragon Renegade <laughs> makes no fucking sense at all and is constantly just interrupting people to be like a Boy Scout, but not even a good one. Um, so maybe... See, it's the opposite for Renegade. Oh, that's awesome. It, it got better with age. Oh, that's awesome. 
Yeah, that is true. That is true. All of the renegade options that I took in this game, like cutscene interrupts, were like, I feel good yeah. about yeah. that. <laughs> and all of the Paragon ones were like, it's blue, so yeah. okay. <laughs> You're sure. a Boy Scout. GG. It's blue, so I should choose it because apparently that way Rex doesn't die. Anyways, okay, so we're moving on to the fucking rating system, which is thumbs down, no thumbs, one thumb. Okay. Yeah, I already explained it. If no, you're a renegade, no. two thumbs down. No. Renegade. No. That's the renegade. That's that's the ex okay. That's fine, the system. James. What'd you give this game? Um, I'll give this. Yeah, yeah. I give this game a, a one thumb up. Uh, which I believe is consistent with the rest of the series for me. Um. Yeah, I mean it's it's a pretty good game. If you played the other ones, you should probably play this one. If not, meh. Um, it's probably not worth it if you haven't played the rest <laughs> of them. To be honest. Okay, that is. I'm willing to stand by that. Which is. Uh, I'm willing to stand by that. Which is hilarious. I stand by it too, but it's hilarious because they even like kind of marketed it as like open to new like, players. Your buy-in yeah. point. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not. It's like, oh, here's all these characters you don't care about at all. Uh, they the died. Way, oh, okay. I'm going to stand yep. on the fact that I think a lot Ooh. of the strengths of 3 exist in the fact that they didn't make it open to new players. That it is service to the people who have played the other games. Yeah. From side quest to main story I would characters. totally agree like, with that. All of that is why it's good. But in their marketing, they tried to make it a game for everyone. Yeah. So that Fucking more people marketing. would buy But that's it. like such a... Um, such a false like premise and such a way to poison yourself. You get the sales, but those fans don't know what the fuck is going on. They don't appreciate like you that you got it one time, but it's so short sighted. Yeah. Anyways, okay. One thumb. One thumb. Yeah. One thumb. One thumb up. Um Yeah. Uh it's not exactly the kind of game that i get all excited about so it's not really that surprising that i didn't give it a gold star yeah 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 all right okay that's my rating i'm there. i'm gonna transition now to okay matt we're gonna give you a lot of space here okay you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna hear a lot of people give reviews you're gonna really understand what goes on and then you're gonna be able to just nail it okay so um zoe Perfect. up next you seemingly, if I've been listening to these podcasts correctly, seem to be into this series a little. Um, and it had its epic finale here before us. And like you've said, there isn't more. And they never made another game. And and we live in that as the canon universe. So how do you feel about the end here? Can I give two ratings? No. Sure, why not? <laughs> I'm gonna Fuck it. Co completely fuck? budge. Because I want to give a rating for this game, but I want to give a rating for like the okay. series as sure. a whole. Um, I think when it comes down to Mass Effect 3, I would probably give it a two thumbs up. Um, really enjoyed it. Some parts I'm a little bit nitpicky on. You know, you heard my whole spiel about, oh, why? where are the Cacleosaurs? I want the Cacleosaurs. But you know what? I can understand why the Cacleosaurs aren't here. And I can accept that. Um, that said, I think the character development in Mass Effect 3 was uh, very good for what you had on the ship. Um, Garrus's best boy. Amen. Um <laughs> I don't know. I think the the DLC character of Javik was very interesting, and I'm glad that they brought him in. Uh, that was a really nice angle to characters you can bring. 
And like I said, controversial opinion, but I didn't think the ending was all that awful, uh, given everything. I thought it made sense for my character and how I was playing the game. Um, and I thought it was a decent way to end a series that has just so many open-ended angles to it. Um, that said, it's true. For when it comes to the series, I have been fully invested in this series probably since day one. Um, I have sunk a lot of hours in here. I think cumulatively I've spent 120 hours playing Mass Effect. Um, and in a world where there is a lot of video game franchises, it's, it's very hard for me to find interest in, in, in just series in general, to be, to be welcomed into and to get into series of games. Um, and this one, for whatever reason, just really resonated with me. I accepted the world. I delved into it. I was very heartfelt about everything that I did in my games. I was crying. <laughs> I'm sure Gabe can attest to all of like the crying texts I sent him <laughs> being like, you're emotionally terrorizing me. How dare We've you? We've all sent those text messages um, to Gabe, so fair enough. It's true. <laughs> exactly. You should have learned after um, you more. Oh, yeah. dude. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I got emotionally invested, and I don't regret a single thing. I think what what we were given with Mass Effect is something special, and because of that, I'm giving the series of Mass Effect a gold star. For yes. Me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I like I said, it's it's very hard to get myself into a video game series, and I think it just speaks to how well the series worked for me. So. There you have it. Awesome. Okay. So then I guess like like following the positive hype train, I got to say, Gabe, you know, we've recreate we've created out of thin air this idea of a series rating, but surely this has got to be a gold star for you as a series rating. Gold star. Next question. <laughs> Next question is how about that Mass Effect 3, dog? <laughs> Dude, I you know I, this game, I will say this game is not without its flaws. You know, it is not a perfect game by any means. Um, you know, there's glitches, there's kind of some parts that feel cheap or rough around the edges, but at the end of the day, I think it delivers such an overall experience and journey. Um, especially the whole series, you know, as a whole, but I think this game effect, uh, especially, dials it up to like 11 at especially at certain parts you know um the way it just kicks off with like the reapers hitting earth and you're just like oh shit it's go time to then going to like the moon of palavin where you land there and there's already reapers fucking shit up and you're like oh shit yeah <laughs> and basically just trying yeah. to like keep on your toes and trying to kind of be like one step ahead of the reapers the whole way through and kind of feeling that desperation the game gives you at times where it's just like you know shit man like this is so much and you know as with like you know human nature 
the other species are being greedy and like, no, our needs come first, then we'll help you. And just having to navigate all that. Um, and then losing people along the way and having these like emotional, like turmoil moments. Um, to then have it all wrap up at the end, which I'm going to agree with Zoe at the time when the game first came out, I was, I hated the ending. I was so upset with it. But now that they've had added the the DLC that, you know, explains more of it, adds scenes, adds some dialogue, all that. And now that I've kind of matured more and I've had time to kind of process it and relive the games again and not had to like, you know, wait for a the DLC to kind of fix the ending, but also like, you know, had the hype of playing these games as they came out, waiting for three to drop finally excited it dropped and then playing through it being like that's the ending so to have that time under my belt and that maturity i can come to appreciate these endings a lot more and i think that the ending isn't perfect but i think it's a good enough and a fitting send-off to this trilogy and i can feel satisfied with the ending i chose of destroy where it sucks that in destroying the reapers you also destroy synthetic life like the geth that i fought to preserve and edie who i came to appreciate but i'm glad that i was able to destroy the reapers save the galaxy and most importantly of all i got the scene of shepherd possibly surviving and then seeing uh, Liara holding like my memorial name uh, plaque but instead of mounting it on the wall she instead holds it to herself and smiles almost like a knowing that he's still out there he survived and that like wrapped up at the end it's just like yes I did it <laughs> to quote that quote I do that you love so much <laughs> I did it. I'm the best. I'm the best. <laughs> <laughs> okay, reasonable. Hold it together. Okay. So yeah, gold star from me. Hmm. Same with if I were to rate the series as a whole too, it'd be a gold star. But yeah, Mass Effect Three, gold star for me. Gabe, I'm so glad we could share this experience with you. I think it's. I'm so glad that you brought it for us. I and I want to say one last time. I appreciate everyone signing up for this and coming along for the ride. Especially you, James. I know you had some turmoil with this, but <laughs> yeah. thank you for sticking it through. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 one of those things that I, I always want to iterate to everyone that um, I don't see this experience in my life any other way, if, if that makes sense. I don't see how I could have ever played all these games and had these conversations with you guys any other way. And um, I'm thankful for that. Um, Okay, Matt, I'm going to review this shit. You're going to review this shit. You're going to be the expert. Okay. Um, okay. Don't worry, got it. I'm going to coach Matt through this. We got this. Okay. All right. Um, All right. So are you going to say everything before he gets there? Is that? Yeah, I'm stealing all of his points. It? Fuck. All right. All right. Good point. All right, Matt, you jump in. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. No, go, so, go, go for it. Okay. All right. Wow. There's a huge exhale after this series, right? I think we all feel that. Just like a, wow, I can't believe we did it. We did it in a trying time, as people like to describe it. Um, <laughs> it's, um, 
I, I will just go out there and say for me personally, I think this game is a one thumb for me. I think it has a lot of setbacks and step backs from two. Um, I, I, I will not forgive them for just breaking the quest UI for no reason. I will not forgive them. That is unthinkably bad. <laughs> like I can't, I can't even begin. Um, I think they tried to improve the combat a lot. And I think ultimately, and again, you know, keep in mind, my perspective comes from now, right? I am steeped in the call of duties with the clean combat that James was talking about earlier. That's just, that's just the existence for me. And, um, so it's tough. I try to parse it out, but truthfully, looking back, I think the combat really holds this game back for me. Um, the fact that you couldn't queue up abilities for your allies to do, that you had to constantly pause in order to execute on one-two punch combos that they wanted you to do, lift them up, then do this to them, like that sort of stuff uh, was harder and more time-consuming and honestly kind of clumsy. Um, and I think they literally in previous games of their own series or their own, I guess, uh, their own company have, have solved better. Um, but it's undoubtable that I truly enjoyed this series like i i really enjoyed my time here i i can't say how i've said it a million times but I, I can't say how valuable it is to have a game that i actually just enjoyed playing even when i myself was kind of burned out and um i could really invest in this game at times and i could not invest in this game at times i could do things like scan planets and just feel more prepared i could do things like do side quests and be more prepared that's kind of the busy work that i actually appreciate because sometimes i'm not totally on depending on what happens. And I think this game has room for you to have that workflow in it. And I think that's really cool. Um, and I, I truly enjoy it for that. Um, I enjoyed, okay, part of the reason why I think Edie in particular doesn't shine as much in the third game is because characters like Garrus continue to be Garrus throughout the series. You just get more Garrus and it feels beautiful because that's Garrus. That's the one I remember, right? But I actually think they change Edie substantially between two and three in a way that doesn't necessarily feel... It hurts because I didn't get Garrus. Did you guys know that James <laughs> doesn't have, have half the character roster? Did, has that come through yet? Or... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I... I, I, I Anytime you mention it, it right? digs deeper. <laughs> Poor James. goes deeper into my soul. I actually, please, please, Zoe, for the Instagram, this picture that James posted of him in front of the wall, please post that. Please post that. It's so good. Oh, it's so good. Don't worry. I'm very torn on this game and this series. I think it showed a lot of age. And I don't think it's, to quote Gabe, I don't think it's my cup of tea. But I don't think that stopped me from recognizing a lot of really great stuff that it did. Um, I think the world building in one was fucking rad. I still think so. I think in the midst of that trash heap of a game is a fantastic world building experience that, like I said, pays dividends throughout the rest of the series in a way that's super cool. Um, in a way that I wish they lived up to a little more. I wish they, for me at least, I wish they validated why I should keep the Quarians alive. But instead they're just assholes that want to just disregard anything I say at all times. Um, and jeopardize their civilians and jeopardize everyone and start a war in the middle of the other war. <laughs> like how many times do you have the same storyline where you're like, 
we shouldn't be fighting against each other, Mr. Elusive Man. We should be fighting the Reapers. And it's like, we shouldn't be fighting the Geth right now, Corians. Like, we should be fighting the Reapers. It's like, motherfuckers, get your shit together. We gotta fight the Reapers. It's not even subtle. But, okay. <laughs> um, but, but there's a lot of value here. And I'm really thankful for having gone through this experience. So, I don't know how to rate the series per se, but I would give this game one thumb. I think it's a step back from Mass Effect 2. I think the series hit its stride in Mass Effect 2. Um, but I don't hate it. And I don't think it was a bad send-off. And I don't... I, I just um, felt a lot of side quests that were meaningless here. And I felt a lot of promise that I'm not sure that they executed on. When they when they flirted with these systems like the war uh, assets, I thought that could be really cool. It ended up being a non-factor. At least a non-factor. Okay, listen. It influences the end of the game, which ending you get. But it doesn't influence your experience up till that point. It's not a system you can engage with in any meaningful way other than do more busy work. Um, and they relegate a lot in this series to busy work. They relegate a lot in this series to, you got a war asset. And I'm like, fuck, that could have been so much cooler. Um, but undoubtedly, the lore that keeps building, the, the Reapers, the cycle, the way that it continues to be more epic, more intense, all that stuff is awesome. Um, yeah, that's a lot, a lot. I will also say, last point, is that I think they, sometimes it's a little cheesy, and sometimes it's a little underbaked, but I do like the fact that they really did try to reference so many of the side quests that you did in previous games, and so many of the characters, and so many people come back, if not for a one or two lines, but like, they're here. They tried so hard to do that in a universe where that kind of game style doesn't exist. And the fact that they set out on this huge ambitious thing where they were going to like tie this whole series together, they were going to take your saves, they didn't even know how they were going to do it. I think they do actually succeed in a way um, that a lot of games don't even try today. And that's cool. It's a novel thing in that way. And it's not going to be perfect in that way. So that's what I would say. Hopefully I've left any points left for Matt. Um... I guess I should say what my series rating is. For me personally, if I speak to my soul, my series rating here is one thumb up. It's good. It's worth playing. And if it's your jam, it's going to take you into the fucking stratosphere. I don't think it's my jam, but I can recognize beauty. When I game recognizes game as if I have any intrinsic value and I somehow recognize the value of this series <laughs> also. But like, you know what I'm saying? Um, Matt, am I totally wrong? What do you think? I can see where you're coming from. I'm pretty sure I gave Mass Effect 2 uh, two sure. thumbs up with the star. Sounds like a Renegade option. Um, <laughs> and then for 3, I think, for me, it's not quite as good as 2. Just from my experience, I really enjoyed the suicide mission idea of 2 a lot more. So I would give Mass Effect 3 a 2 thumbs up. Uh, no star. As for the series, I might do two thumbs. I'd I do two thumbs with a gold star. I think the continuation of all the character storylines just, um, especially for me, not the final ending of the of uh, Mass Effect three, but like when Morden, we lose Morden, and we're losing all these characters along the way. 
I think those moments kind of are their own endings, and those hit really well. Um, so I would give this the series uh, two thumbs up with a gold star. Um, I'd also give <laughs> Kai Lang uh, three out of five oh my God. ninja hand signs. <laughs> and <laughs> and those are my ratings. Wow. <laughs> yeah, right. Kai Lang is a person. I'm giving him two thumbs down. Dude. <laughs> but but Kai Lang in this case game rep represents recognizes yeah. lack of <laughs> yeah. Kai Lang is so nothing, you guys. It's really troubling. It's right in the middle of a great story. There's just a nothing. Do you know what I mean? Troy Baker, if you're listening to this though, want you to know we still love you. And now Here's a weeb guy. All right, you killed oh, him. Oh, God. But, dudes, <laughs> I just wanted to say, dudes, an honorary dude. Um, thank everyone for this. Take the deep breath, like, in just ways that is only perfectly spiritual for us. It's also fucking late. Like, this has been an intensely draining and awesome experience. And thank everyone, um, listener included, for joining. Um, it's been fucking wild. And I, I just am thankful to have the, had the experience. And, and Matt, thank you for fucking joining and jumping right in for a massive series. Um, that was awesome. Like, damn. A nine-week project, right? well worth it. It feels though. good when you care about the thing you're working on. Um, we out here. Yeah. And I think we might be fully out of here in the sense of goodbye, good night, and we'll see you next week. I should go. 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 of thumbs.